Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere and each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Talk Recorded live. Good evening, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Awakening Universal Minds. My name is Brother Benedi, a.k.a. Brother Michael. F, uh, Brother Rosanna Noon and Brother Sargidi with me this evening. Uh, Welcome, everybody, to the show. Um, and just to touch base, like we like to do at the beginning, if it's your first time listening to the show, uh, it's not a religious show. just want to make that crystal clear. Uh, we're not interested in any of your God, Jesus, Allah, and all your fictitious stories. It is an occult, metaphysical, left-hand path show. Uh, that's the topics and the subject matter that we deal with outside of the realm of faith and belief. So we just want to make that crystal clear. If you are a first-time listener, first-time tuning into the show, uh, we just want to make crystal clear uh, subject matter that we uh, cover. So before we begin, as usual, we'd like to briefly uh, give a brief introduction of of ourselves. Who it is and what you do. So we'll give a brief introduction if one of your brothers want to go ahead. All right. This is uh, Brother Ravana Noon. Um, as always, a uh, pleasure to be here this evening. As Brother Benini stated, this is a left-hand path show, which means that this is a path where we uh, deify self, overcome our issues, problems, don't make excuses for our lives, and we take total control of every action, thought, or wave that we manifest. As such, it's not for everybody. People love to make excuses, love to complain, love to always point the finger at somebody else but themselves, when in reality, you're creating your reality every day. Uh, That being said, if you're a fluffinator, if you're a fluffy, if you're a light-sider, if you're peace, love, and light, if you want to hug everything and everybody, this may not be the show for you. Uh, Another thing is... We don't give a shit if you agree with what we're saying or not. If you like what we're saying or not, that's your personal opinion and your perception. We don't give two shits, two fucks about what you feel, think, or your opinion. Not that we won't listen to it, not that we won't dialogue and interject on things. But it's still your personal opinion and your perception. And everybody's entitled to their opinion and their perception. But don't think because your perception or your opinion is voiced that you're going to change our views, our life, our um, thoughts. Because when we're coming from the show, we're speaking on a personal experience walking through this occult sciences, metaphysics, alchemy, esotericism, whatever you want to call these things, for over 30 years, about 30 years now. So it's not going to change a goddamn thing. We get the experience. Our experience has expanded our consciousness, our horizons. Um, So just know that if your feelings get hurt, 
then this may not be the show for you. This is not about babying you. This is not about buttering you up. This is not about making you feel superior because you have melanin and you're so divine and great because you're the original this, original that. This is none of that. So if you came here looking for that, you might want to hang up now. But if you came here for some blood raw truth and you can handle some shit, then listen on. Peace. I appreciate that, brother. Brother Sargidi. Peace, brother Sargidi. <clears throat> just to follow, you know, uh, what my brother just stated. You know, this is an occult metaphysical show, and it's not a left hand path. It's a left hand path show, and it's not about, you know, your personal feelings, and it's not about, you know, uh, worshiping gods and all this kind of shit. You know. This is about real life, left hand path, working with different energies, understanding yourself. You know, this is what this shit is about. Because, you know, many people say they're on a left hand path, but they really, they really have a religious mentality or a right hand path based mentality. And this shows does not cater to that mentality. You know, we're you know, we're, we're not gonna say peace, love and light and you know, we're not gonna uh, send you to the fairy world and you know, we're not gonna do all that. This is about getting down to business, you know, creating the life that you want. You know, getting the things that you want and need for your life. You know, this is not a this is not about motherfuckers that's you know, claiming to be tatas or whatever. And, you know, they're trying to give you advice on spirituality, but they're doing worse than you. You know, this is not that type of show. This is about people who are doing real work and bringing real manifestations into their lives. Peace. I appreciate it, brother. Uh, and then real quick, pretty much uh, piggybacking. Same thing with the brothers said. And also, we want to be clear where we're speaking from uh, experience fact. As one thing we say on the show all the time is don't read about the experience. Uh, you know, live the experience. Get your own experiences. And all of us have traveled, you know, a multitude of paths. And Yeah, I was wondering, what the fuck happened? (laughs) I think the Illuminati got him. (laughs) All right, well, until he comes back, let us continue. Uh, This this, uh, show, obviously, as we've been saying, reiterating, um, we're not going to deal with uh, the normal mainstream view on things. We're not even going to deal with the normal mainstream view on... Sh- I'm oh. back, brothers. I got, I got disconnected, man. I don't know what happened there. Yeah. Apologize. Apologize for that. You're watching, you're watching yeah. the next. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's what it is, brothers. I'll be not real finished. Just finish what I was saying. I'm not sure where I left off or when I got disconnected. 
Um, but like I said, the left-hand path, um, again, we don't follow anything or anybody. We, we're not up under anything or anybody. One thing on the left-hand path is you have to clearly stand on your own. You, you become the master. Uh, the problem is a lot of people are still stuck in organizations and groups, and they're still up under something or somebody, and they believe that certain individuals, you know, have the key to their salvation, and that's not what the left-hand path is about. Uh, so I want to make that crystal clear. So when somebody's a, a part of the left-hand path, they clearly have to take that responsibility, as the, as the brothers mentioned earlier. They don't, again, sit around, wait for something or somebody to tell them to do something. And you're not concerned with if somebody's personal ideology lines up with yours. See, that's the other problem. Uh, people that are stuck in certain systems tend to get, you know, upset when it doesn't line up with their personal ideology. And that's, uh, as my brother Ravana Noon said, uh, you know, earlier in his introduction, that that's what we mean when we say we're not interested uh, in catering to your personal feelings because that's personal. The other thing is, you know, we all get caught up in this, I don't like this and I don't like that and I like this and I don't like that. That's just personal too. Get over it. Uh, so you're just going to have to figure that out on your own. Just like, uh, you know, as we said, we're not concerned. You can love what we say, you can hate what we say, but that's irrelevant. That's personal. That's something you've got to wrestle with with yourself. That's what the left-hand path is about, about when it says taking control of your bullshit. That would be part of your bullshit, your emotions. You know, trying to wrestle or struggle, you know, within with certain things that you're, you, you may, may not resonate with you, okay? So that's what that means if you're not crystal clear on that. Uh, we're also, I believe where I left off, we, again, I said we are coming from an experience perspective. And you hear us saying, well, for well over a year and some change now on the show, don't read about the experience, live the experience. Okay, the problem is we have a lot of book wizards out here. We have a lot of Google masters out here. We have a lot of people that can regurgitate, spit information, but they can't apply not a lick of anything that they read. And that's not what the left-hand path is about. Left-hand path is about applying the information and putting it into practice. That's what we mean when we say doing the work. Um, we have tons of people out here. You know, Egypt is the hip thing now. Everybody, everybody's, for the last 10, 15 years now, everybody's Egypt this, Egypt that. I'm an ancient Egyptian. No, you're not. Because yeah, not everybody genetically is from ancient Egypt. That's a big myth, and we address that a lot on the show. Everybody wants to lay claim to something that they feel fluffy with, or another term we use for being comfortable. And the left-hand path is the opposite. It makes you feel as uncomfortable as you can to challenge yourself. So let me say that again. It makes you feel and puts you in uncomfortable situations so you can challenge yourself. Because any spiritual system you practice where you're completely comfortable and you're in an everyday routine and you're not challenging yourself, then you're, you're just you're, you're dead. And you're not really, uh, you know, striving to evolve to your full potential. It's also about the isolated consciousness, which we'll, we'll talk a little bit about. Uh, tonight. So, again, the experience factor, as we said, most of us have gone through pretty much any mystical order or still are currently in those orders, whether it's the order Templi Orientis, OGO, whether it's the Rosicrucian order, Freemasonry. Uh, we've been through all those schools and currently still part of those uh, schools, organizations, not because it's necessary to be, as we've said before, but again, if you want the experience, you need to actually partake in that if that's the subject matter you choose to teach on, not read about it, not because you listen to some charismatic person give a lecture on it and, you know, and tell you that the, the white man did this and that's all white people this and white people that, but you can't break down in essence what about it is that. 
That's the comical part. So we address that factor. Don't sit there and say and disregard it, because that's what, that's what a lot of melanated people will do. They'll sit there and blow stuff off as uh, being the, or the white man stole that from us, but they don't really, can't really give you any essence from experience other than what they heard somebody say in a lecture or what they read in a book. But there's a lot of shit put in books. And any of those groups or organizations, esoterical societies, fraternities, sacred orders, you can read a million books on them, as we said before. You're never going to truly get the correct information, especially the rituals because it's not what's written in the book. That's done intentionally just to spur your interest, especially an organization like OTO. You'll never really know what goes on unless you go through the actual rituals. So it's only important if you're going to teach on it, you should have the experience on it because, like I said, we've got a lot of book masters out here and Google masters, and they have no damn experience. Having said that, I think that covers that. Uh, and, again, that's for the new people, first-time listeners, just so you clear not for our regular listeners. Shout out to our regular listeners who've been tuning in for well over a year. Uh, shout out to everybody on Facebook, even Google Plus. I forgot we sent the links out on Google Plus, uh, Twitter, and you know people listening and tuning in wherever they're tuning in from. All right, so tonight we're gonna we we chose a topic which I, I think is a, is a good topic kind of for uh, where we're at. Um, Let's dispel the myths on this because we get a lot of emails, we get a lot of questions, comments. I know all the brothers do in their daily travels and communicating with people on their social media sites via email. Uh, I know all of us get these questions, and, and I get them a lot. Um, there are a lot of melanated people, believe it or not, that do. You just may not be aware of it because you've been under the illusion that left-hand path is automatically associated with, with uh, European people, and that couldn't be the furthest thing from the truth. So we're going to address that tonight. Uh, first, left-hand path, when you hear that term, if your mind is wandering to European Satanism and, and all the more modern things in the last couple of hundred years that come along, then you're completely confused to what it is, okay? Because that's something that has just come along in modern times, and it's something, as we said before a multitude of times on the show, it's something that they've adjusted to fit their needs, just like they did every other culture, okay? Left-hand path, okay, simply is just a term used for somebody, again, uh, that doesn't conform. All the things we mentioned earlier that, you know, is not a follow, that takes responsibility, et cetera. A lot of things we mentioned in the introduction of the show. It does have its roots in ancient Egypt, and we're going to talk about that tonight. That's the topic tonight. Does the left-hand path have its roots and origins in ancient Egypt? And the answer is most definitely yes. And we're going to give you some information for you to look up. Uh, whether it's any any form of left-hand path spiritual system. And the unique thing about left-hand path practices is it incorporates a multitude of spiritual systems. It's not limited, okay? But that's the other problem we got going on amongst melanated people. They want to be exclusively Ifa or Santeria or they want to be a black Muslim or they want to be a Nuwapian or they want to be ancient Egyptian or whatever the hell they want to be. They want to confine themselves an ideology and, and claim they're not part of an ideology or a faith or a belief system when all those aforementioned are faith and belief systems. Um, and that's the problem with that. And you cannot walk on this path if you just succumb to one ideology. That's what the isolated consciousness represents. You isolate yourself from everything that has an influence on you. And I want to say that again. People always say, how do you evolve and excel on the left-hand path? It's real simple. You separate yourself from anything that has an influence on you. Because anything that has an influence on you, that's good or bad, 
has to be addressed because too much of any any of it without having the proper, you know, information of how to balance it out for you, not not for everybody else around you because we use the word perception in the introduction of the show. That's going to be perceived based on the individual, okay? And we're going to talk about that. All right, so we're going to start with this, and then we'll all the brothers will come in and we'll, we'll give some breakdowns. Let's give, we'll give you a little foundation in history, whether it's vampire magic, Luciferian magic, uh, multitude of systems of what we call the left-hand path. You can find and reference this as far back as the fourth, the fourth dynastic period of ancient Egypt uh, when we connect back to Pharaoh Onus of ancient Egypt. So this is very important uh, to understand and grasp, okay? So let's, uh, I'm going to take some excerpts. Some of the books we'll be using and going through tonight, uh, Seven Faces of Darkness, uh, Practical Typhonian Magic by Don Webb, uh, Stekham of Pep by Michael W. Ford, uh, um, Lords of the Left-Hand Path, like Flowers. We'll be going through a multitude of books. Um, we could throw those up afterwards. These are some of the books we recommend, not the only books or the exclusive books, but we, we use a lot of these authors just as reference points. Again, not because we're saying foul exactly to the T what's in these books, but just to spark some creative intuition on your own and you can create your own, whether it's rituals, et cetera. Uh, but just some reference points. All right. I'm going to go to Sekhem Pep in the fourth section of the book where it connects Egyptian vampirism, uh, which is a left-hand practice, back to alchemic or alchemia. Okay, and, and it goes on to say, the foundation of all magical practice is found in the essence of predatory spiritualism. I want to say that again. All magical practice has its roots in predatory spiritualism. Since the mastery of the, of the Roman Empire, Christianity has perverted so-called practitioners of magic and slowly destroyed the foundation of the adversary and replaced it with the benign, tyrannical being which in numerous masks or forms equals the Christian God. Initially, the power of Heka, or magic, was found in both darkness and light. Ra and Set, or Apep, the powers of the sun and darkness, eclipsed the moon. Alchemy, or Alchemet, as some call it, is the very process of which this working manifests and the central aspect of initiation into the magical current. Continues on, the ancient Egyptians held much symbolism concerning the black and white art called al Khemia, that which is from the black land of Kem. <clears throat> this meant no negative connotation, simply that the Egyptians utilized their belief in the working of specific alloys and fluxes representing the making of weapons and various other tools related to magical practice. The earliest texts relate the Egyptians' form of magic, or Heka, as being the force from which all must become attuned with before death, okay? To survive into the land of spirits, there are depictions of demonic type destroyer of hearts who sought to devour those of a priest, etc. I'm going to skip down here. <clears throat> the quintessential aspects of the current of black magic is not dealt with, whether it's the order of the black dragon, the order of phosphorus, etc. The entire process of magic which refines and strengthens consciousness this is important now. I'm going to say it is slow. The entire process of magic which refines and strengthens consciousness transforms the psyche into a type of antinomian. Divine consciousness is magic in its purest form. So that, that dispels the move, the spookism on what black magic is. 
It is divine consciousness in its purest form. We always use the term you heard on, on, on previous shows, what is real black magic? Manipulation of the subconscious mind. So, again, we want to dispel the myth. When you hear the word black magic, and if you're thinking of, uh, you know, devil worship and Hollywood movies, and, you know, we've said this a million times, uh, that's not what black, real black magic is. And we're giving you now its essence and origin and its roots going back to ancient Egypt because everybody, again, is on this Egypt kick for, for, for a while now, and you hear that term hecka or magic, and nobody speaks about the black magic connection in ancient Egypt on a real level, not just some surface shit that they scrounge from a book. And you hear people use the word hecka here and there, but they don't really know what it means. You hear people always quote the coming forth by day of the pyramid text, and they don't really know what it means. They don't realize it's nothing but connotations and spells and invocations to the deities, but they've turned that into a religious text. And we're going to talk a little bit about that. All right, then it goes on to say, <clears throat> again, as it said, magic is, is divine consciousness is magic in its purest form. Those who cling to ideologies, listen to this, which do not serve them are but crying as the predator draws close. So what is that basically saying? If you are stuck in an ideology, you're a predator. You're, 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 you're a prey getting ready to be consumed by a predator. When you read the stories, again, of Sekhmet, devouring the gods, right? Did it literally mean she devoured the gods when it says she ate their bowels? No, it meant she, did, she devoured the essence and energy of the deity. Same thing with vampire magic, what vampire magic is about. Didn't literally mean as it got spooked out later. And we're going we're gonna to talk about the, Dra the Dracula story has a double, double paradigm going on in that story. Okay? If people will always sit there and tell you that's the story of white folks. Well, there's a story of black folks hidden in that story too because they have, again, a double paradigm in there. On one hand, you've got Dracula who needs blood. Correct? Literally, they say, to survive. We say, well, see, that's white folks because they need blood transfusions. We all heard that shit. But then you have Dracula, whose heightened spiritual senses are heightened at the darkest points of the night. When, when melanated people's melanin is activated at its highest period between midnight and sunrise. And that's when Dracula does his most work. So that's the story of you. When your melanin is activated at its highest peak, it's in those hours. You'll find your highest spiritual moments are between midnight and 5 a.m. in the morning when your melanin is peaking at its highest activation. It also ties into, we'll get into the order of the owl, which is a nocturnal creature that has superior night vision. Okay? This is all symbolic, and it's important to understand this because, as we said before when we did the Vampire Magic show, they didn't drink blood. The blood was connected to the science of the central nervous system, which filters the blood throughout the entire body, pumps it through the heart. The energy and life is in the blood. So they absorb the energy of the deities, and we're going to take that back to Pharaoh Unis, not literally drinking blood, which got, you know, mythology came way after that, and the whole story got twisted around. So this, this practice goes back to that time. All right, then we'll, let me finish with this, and then we'll build on this. Uh, all right, so those who cling to ideologies are, 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 are who do, which do not serve them, but crying as a predator draws close, and get ready to be devoured. They are unable to strengthen their minds and tune their bodies and spirits to the practice of magic itself. That which transforms in the fire, which is joined with smoke itself, the union of black and white. This is important to understand here. I'm going to finish this paragraph here, and then we'll, we'll, we'll go to the next section in a minute. Consider the Ure. These are serpents, which are symbols of power and wisdom. 
both of darkness, fire, and light in the Egyptian ethos. The serpent is thus powerful and horrible. The very embodiment of the adversary is opposite. Instead of set, darkness, storms, and war, and a pep, development, darkness, and chaos, both represent an, an essential aspect of life in continual motion that one must occur to bring balance to the other. And then we're going to leave off with this last one here. The idea of immortality was with the ancient Egyptians, whose god, Kephar, was the beetle, which represents the struggle to become and continue conscious existence. The Kephar was able to give spiritual life into a dead body again in the underworld and will bestow immortality. So the, the Kephar or the scarab beetle, as we know it, we know on the surface, we know, we know the basic surface, it, it reproduces on its own, it rolls its own dung, etc. It represents the asexual aspect of creation. It also ties into the representation of the female being able to reproduce on its own. That's the surface definition. But to a black magician, the scarab beetle, or the term kephara, represents the term I've come into being, which means when one makes that statement on the left-hand path, they are basically saying, I've now truly come into the realization to who and what I am, not what I thought I was, not what I wanted to be, or not what I made myself out to be. When one says kephara, I have come into being, they are basically accepting everything about themselves, the good and the bad the shortcomings, and the great things. And they are able now to formulate a plan to make both of those aspects work. And they're taught how to draw on the strengths, but also deal with the weaknesses. And some of those weaknesses, such as certain emotions, certain angers, or certain, uh, you know, what we would term shortcomings, one has to learn to master those, turn them around to work beneficial for self. So that's what kafara truly means. It's a powerful symbol, as we mentioned before, a powerful symbol to have on your altar when you're working spiritual magic because the very level of conscious energy that that symbol represents, when one looks at that, that's what one should be focusing on. I've come into being. One can just simply do a visualization ritual with the kafara or the scarab beetle. It's that powerful when one actually works with it. So I think that's a good uh, level of information, brothers, to start with. So I don't know if one of your brothers want to go ahead and come in and and build on that, feel free. Sure. Um, well, all right. The brother Benitti really gave a thorough breakdown there of left-hand path. So what I'm going to do is go from there but show you um, how the, right, um, the left-hand path basically became known to be today um, and then tie it back in. First of all, uh, in, in ancient Egypt or Kemet or whatever name makes you feel superior at the end of the night, that's good for you. Um, and in India, Indus Kush, uh, whatever you want to call that place, to make you feel great, wonderful. In those two locations, the, the dominant tradition uh, for thousands of years has always been the right-hand path. The right-hand path is a path of believing in a greater power, a higher power outside of yourself, and submitting, submerging uh, to that greater or higher power if that's what you believe in. And there are certain systems and 
mechanisms that were created from that right-hand path of submerging, submitting to external things. Whether it's verifiable or not, all those paths usually dealt with one big hoax, which was believe, belief, believe and belief in something unseen, unproven, which created what's called faith. The left-hand path, well, let me continue. The right-hand path um, is about annihilation, annihilation, annihilating the physical, mortal human self, whether it's extreme fasting, extreme meditation, uh, going up into the Himalayas and sitting cross-legged until your ass stinks and you flow and levitate, if that's possible, okay? This is the right-hand path, whereas the left-hand path also formulated around the same time, but it's always been the minority. In Kemet and in uh, India, the left-hand path believed that it's not through the annihilation of humanity and humanistic uh, experiences, but rather it is in the submergence and the full total experience of humanity where one can cause a change or growth to become a greater you. And so the left-hand path did not believe in some superior external deity. They believed that we already are endowed with every quality, every power, every necessary attribute for us to master self experience life to its fullest, and grow. So thousands and thousands of years ago, this is where the separation took place. And then you have examples in both of those regions where Satuch Set, uh, Apep, became synonymous with that of the left-hand path. For example, um, Satuch is the isolated consciousness. Basically, it was not following the norm, not following the Amun priesthood and the Asarian priesthood and every other priesthood that expected offerings and basically wanted you to submit to Asar, to Hebrew, to Ra, as if they were real beings, as if they were beings that could endow you with gifts and blessings in your life every day. So Set, on the other hand, said, fuck all that bullshit. I don't believe in buying your way to some mythical heaven, buying your way through the underworld to do that, to receive some afterlife uh, visa card or whatever. <laughs> Basically, Satuf said, I am making my own way, forging my own path, where you become a master over self now. And in India, you have the same kind of motif when it comes to Shiva, Ravana, and beings like that, who also said, fuck the norm. We're going to submerge ourselves in humanity and through what is considered taboo in society, what is considered um, not the right thing to do in society, I'm going to go through the experience and master that. And when I come through on the other side, 
I have been a greater person for it because I'm not ignoring my human nature, my human qualities, my frailties, and my strengths. I am learning every part of myself and encountering and confronting every part of myself. See, the right-hand path teaches you to annihilate and to give it up to God, give it up to Allah, give it up to Yahweh, give it up to Jehovah, give it up to Jesus. See, you're always giving it up to somebody. You know, Muslims, inshallah, if Allah wills, fuck Allah, okay? Everything is if God wills, if Jesus wills. Well, how about if you will? Hmm? How about if you will? What is your will? You understand? See, the right-hand path, light side, or religious mentality, has always been about taking your will and bending it to somebody else's will so that you can be easily controlled. Whereas the left-hand path is using my will and strengthening it so I can manifest my desires, my goals, my whatever you have in life, whatever you plan for yourself, making it come into fruition. So, essentially, this is the split that's been going on for thousands of years. So, Satuk and a pep, a pep is the devouring serpent. He or she, although, you know, people want to genderize everything, but whatever. So, a pep basically devours what would be considered mat or order. Brother, the goddess is the original one. Fuck the goddess. Anyways, so (laughs) a pep basically is in in reality showing you that chaos is always eternal and that order is just another form of chaos. Huh? What? What do you mean? I thought mat was truth, righteous, justice, order, balance. Yeah, motherfucker. Whatever. Just you're repeating what you've read and not have experienced. Chaos is eternal. Ma'at, truth, order, righteousness, or whatever you want to call it, is just a variation of vi- or a different vibration or degree of chaos. It's an order of chaos. See, chaos is first. The universe, everything was created through chaos. You just take this chaos and you bring some supposed order to it, but that doesn't stop the chaos from existing because the chaos will still continue to exist whether you feel you have order over your life or not. And if you don't think that's true, then why do you get in a hissy, in a little hissy-tissy fit when your life doesn't go according to plan? Well, did you ever stop and think that the chaos is coming into your life because you're stagnant? You're stagnant. That means that you are not progressing. You're just basically in a comfort zone, and you're basically coasting coasting through life. So when that happens for too long, guess what always will come into your life when you least expect it? Chaos, baby. Because chaos is eternal and will always exist. So this is where the Christians get the concept. Oh, watch out, because the devil is sneaking through the back door. It's not the devil, idiots. It's chaos. Chaos is eternal. It will always continue to exist. And as long as you have this supposed illusory idea of, well, I have order in my life and I'm comfortable and things of that nature... 
then you'll remain stagnant in that growth. So see the right, the left hand path. Looked upon the right hand path and said, "Them niggas are spooky. Them motherfuckers <laughs> fucking propitating to and prostating to, bowing down and feeding some statues and some things that fucking never really exists and fuck is never coming to life." <laughs> And the priesthood is fucking convincing them that this shit is going to happen. It's going to be real. All the while, the priesthood is pimping your dumb asses because you're giving the money to the priesthood. That's right. It's the same thing well, like when I was in Santeria, Lakumi, Yoruba, Apollo, whatever. What the fuck was the purpose of putting some goddamn fruits in front of Obatala or whatever? The nigga was hungry, bro. The nigga was hungry. Yeah, yeah. Okay, right. And then, and then if the fruit starts to decay, which is a fucking natural process, by the way. No, man. Obatala ate it, brother. Obatala yeah, ate Obatala it. Yeah, ate it. He was hungry. When the fuck does a spirit get hungry, idiots? First of all, a spirit does not have a digestive system. A spirit does not have a physical body. All things that are necessary to consume food are what ate it spiritually. Really, motherfucker? Really? So now you're telling me that spirits have mouths and they have stomachs and they eat it in an etheric level. Really? You know, this okay. sounds like fucking uh, Santa Claus stories and things of that nature. It's a fucking <laughs> fictitious story that people won't accept that's true. So the reality hey, Ravana is... Ravana Noon, I want to back up two things you said real quick before I forget. I want to back up on two things you said a couple of minutes ago before I forget. You said earlier, and I want to, I want to touch on two two phrases you used, but it's so important. And I don't, I don't want. I hope it didn't go through the through the grapevine and nobody really picked up on it. You, you mentioned two things. You said you use that term how Christians will say when chaos arrives. You say that uh, when chaos arrives, you said that it'll simply Christians when it use the term that oh that's the devil coming through the back door. Mm-hmm. Remember we said a couple of minutes ago. Okay, that. Then you said also, you know, the left hand path is not something where somebody is looking, quote-unquote, externally outside of themselves for answers. Now, I want to I I touch on the, like you say, when chaos or obstacles come in an individual's life, like you say, the, the average spooky-ass person would go, oh, the devil is at work, or any of those terms before mentioned. <laughs> you see, and first and foremost, like you said, the left-hand path practitioner is not one that shifts its problems for its shortcomings on anything external, nor does it give credit for its accomplishments to something external. The problem is people that have claimed to reach higher states of consciousness, and we know a lot of Egyptian coons, conscious coons as we like to call them, will sit there and say that they're God, and then this baffles the fuck out of me, and then you hear shit like the Most High. The Most High blessed me. The Most High this. The most high of that, you have these same Egyptian coons looking at Ra as a Muslim or a Christian would look at God or Allah. They don't realize it subconsciously. I'm going to tell you, because this is, like you say, this is where the separation and the issues come between what symbolically, as we're using the term, right and left-hand path. That's important for people to grasp because some people have fooled and tricked themselves into thinking that they have elevated themselves into a higher state of consciousness, and they have not. They have just left one bullshit 
faith, belief, and ideology system, and now have covered it up with some black images and some cool black shit and put on some African attire. And now all of a sudden they claim they've shed all the ways and falsehoods of the white man when in actuality they are still up under another system of religion. So I wanted to throw that in there. I wanted to throw that in there before I forgot. And here's what's interesting. I'll give you an example of that. It may not seem related, but it is. The right-hand path will take something like uh, they'll go in the uproar because a 16-year-old, listen to this now, 16-year-old gets raped and um, kidnapped by these two white dudes. So everybody's in the uproar about that. Where is the justice? Where is this? But you still won't hear people mention about thousand, over a thousand black people that died in Haiti to the hurricane. Yep. Or Cuba, or Dominican Republic, or Jamaica, who had to take a, a head-on strike from the hurricane. Florida, we escaped most of that shit. We got hit, but not as hard as we could have. And they're going to uproar for one kid. Now, trust me, that which that kid went through is is fucked up, and that shit is not a cool thing what they did. And fuck is they end up paying for that shit. Okay, the the problem I have with that though is it's one kid. What happened to the thousand people of you so-called loving black people so much and Black Lives Matter and RBG and all this? I don't hear one people about let's help out Haiti. Those go over there and do what's right for Haiti. Nah, but one kid goes through this shit. Okay, one kid and we want to go in the uproar. See, the right hand path mentality is a mentality of martyrism. You understand? There's always a martyr for some cause. You know, one person goes through some shit. It's the it's the martyr for the cause. Whereas the left hand path says, well, you know what? Everybody goes through some every day. But I'm not looking for any fucking favoritism. I'm not looking for any fucking benefits or charity for my situation because I put myself in this shit and I'm getting myself out of there. Okay? No, you, know, hold on in. you heard the newest one, right? You hear the newest one? Speaking newest of all one. Things, you hear the latest one in the last couple of days? They're, they're all the conscious coons are on all the coon channels on YouTube. Because, see, that's become a fad. Here's, here's the newest one now. Anything these niggas can talk about, just to sound deep, ooh, Colin Kaepernick's not, not kneeling. He's kneeling for the national anthem. Who gives a fuck? Right? These niggas ain't got nothing to talk about. Here's a new one. A mentally disturbed woman in New York. 66-year-old black woman got shot. Yeah, I heard that shit, too. You, sorry, you heard that. She, she yeah. lunged at a cop with a bat. Like you said, 1,000 people died in Haiti now, starving to death, ain't got no food, no clothing. <laughs> they don't really care about that. Nobody's saying, yeah, they're not on there at RBG and Black Coons Matter and all these other coon organizations and House of Coonness and all these other coons. Ain't saying nothing about that, but they're worried about some mentally disturbed woman. Not saying that that was right. She was disturbed. She probably didn't have full control of her actions. But you, you, you want to sit there, and now you want to do videos on this shit. Yeah, and that's, that's exactly the right-hand right. path. See, the right-hand path is always looking for some external excuse for their present situation. The white Whether man, brother. Blaming the white man, blaming the cops, blaming the system, blaming the employment center, blaming the job, blaming something, someone, somewhere for their current plight in life. Left-hand path is not about that shit. Left-hand path is about taking full account.
accountability. Let me repeat this slowly for those who miss it. And please, people, repeat this, send it out, send the show out, email it, do whatever, so people can hear this. It is taking complete accountability for everything in your life. We do not pass the buck. We do not point the finger. We take full responsibility for everything that happens in our lives. And this is where the split happened between left-hand path, right-hand path. Well, why the left-hand path? Well, why did that name be used? Well, it's simple. Most people on the planet are right-handed dominant, okay? The left-hand path is the alternative. It's the less, it's less people are left-handed. So understand where that symbology came from. Right-hand path, most people, most people follow this path. Most people do the norm. Most people are followers, they're sheep, they're whatever. The left-hand path is the minority. There are less left-handed people on this planet than there is right-handed physically. And when it comes to this spiritual, cult science, there's less people on the left-hand path. Because I don't care how deep you think you are spiritually, even Brother Benedi shared that a few minutes ago, how deep you think you are spiritually, how much you can meditate for five hours, ten hours, two days, five days, stretch your balls till you're fucking doing yoga and splitting and twisting, you still believe in some higher external force and believe that that shit is going to make everything all right. Now, you can say, oh, I am a, the Hindu path or the, you know, the, the Vedas. Ain't, yeah, it is, because everything is oneness with the universe. Oneness with, so, so go your ego and just live in the moment, live in the now. Let all that go. All that is real is not mine. All that is real is the true you, but they never tell you who the fucking true you is. It is about the power of Guru or Jesus. Yeah, Guru Nutsack, and everybody wants to worship him because he wants you to worship his Nutsack for real, but he's giving you some fictitious shit out there, and people go to find this person, and they believe in this person. Look, go and watch. I don't know if it's on Netflix or somewhere else nowadays, but it's a show called Kumar, okay? he It's a documentary. This guy created a fictitious guru named Kumar and created fictitious, a fictitious science. And just because he was from India and he looked authentic oh, Indian everybody, and everybody guru, got sucked people believe this got dude. Sucked. They really followed this dude. And <laughs> at the end of the, at the end of the documentary, he shows proof. He shows That's how proof. easy it is. <laughs> what he really is. And some people couldn't handle it. They ran out. They thought he was a fraud. Why you thought he was a fraud? Your dumb ass believed that shit because you're gullible, and that's how most people are. It's so, just, it's just like, it's just like in the, you know, the occult magic community. You know, you got, you know, you got your uh, the niggas that claim to be, you know, the chosen ones and shit. You know, and they claim. Oh, melanated people fucking, love that shit. They love a nigga that say they, oh, they the messiah. You know, I told you, melanated people suffer from an illness called messiahitism. You know. <laughs> No, I am special. I communicate. Let me tell you something. something. (laughs) I don't give a fuck. Today, the way I'm feeling today, man, I don't give a fuck whose feelings get hurt. Let me tell you something. When your dumb ass got to make fucking flyers and pictures of you fucking and even dolls of you dressed like Superman, you still suffer from the same (laughs) communism that that you're pointing the finger at other people. 
Jessica, you put your black face in a fucking black doll, but you're still wearing a cape and a Superman outfit, means you still sublimely are worshiping the white Superman. Duh. Exactly. Big time. Idiots, but see, that's pro black. So you man, that was deep the way he flipped it, nah, nigga. Subconsciously, that means oh, you man. still pay homage to the Caucasian image of white man being superior. Because <laughs> Superman was originally Caucasian way back in the 30s, okay? 20s and 30s when he was first created, he was still a Caucasian dude. So I don't care how many outfits you wear that or superimpose yourself or Photoshop yourself into an image of, of Superman or you create a fucking... Uh, doll, you're still cooning just like a coon, and you still don't get it. I can't tell you how many times I I see somebody post post some crazy shit on Facebook, man, and you, you got the spook cadets that come out. Oh, that's so that's so spiritual. That, that's fuck so that. magical. Let me tell you. Let me tell you why I'm saying fuck that. The only image that I need to see is my own. I don't need to see my image in a Superman outfit. I don't need to see my image in Luke Cage outfit. I don't see my image in Hmm? So you're not going to Clark get on us, brother? Nah, I don't need to put my face, my image, my anything in any of those things. The only thing I need to see is myself progressing every day. I mean, who else else would you need to see? But see, the fucked up part about it is like we've said before, niggas want to be everything except themselves. If that's <laughs> you know, we've said this a million times on, on, on shows over the last year and some change. This is, this is your disconnected Negro that has that imbalancement. Because as we said before, you have that individual that cannot cope with reality. Real reality is a balancement between, as we said before, your objective and your subjective realm. So people, this is the challenge. And this is what the left-hand path does. It challenges you to manifest when you tap into the higher aspect of your subjective realm to make that a reality on your objective realm. But here's where the problem goes wrong. All of a sudden now, niggas want to think they're an incarnation of Tahuti and Osiris and Ra, and, and I'm an incarnation. They want to be everything but themselves. Niggas is extraterrestrials and shit. You know? All that shit because it's an, it's an escapism for not having to face reality because now I have a reason why I'm fucked up. Now I have a reason why I'm not successful in life, et cetera. All those things that we aforementioned, it gives them another escape route. And again, as we said before, when you look at the characteristics of most of these people, majority of them, well over 80%, usually their whole situation in general, spiritually, mentally, emotionally, and physically, is a hot fucking mess. Exactly. It's it's a hot fucking mess. And niggas just can't be, you know, I'm a witch, I'm a warlock, I'm a wizard, I'm a sorcerer. That's fine. No. They, they, have to, have they have to be yeah. the grand wizard. They have to be the grand sorcerer. Sure. They have to be the avatar sorcerer. They have to be the god, incarnated goddess. See, they just can't nigga, be nigga, the nigga, nigga, got, nigga got, like, fucking 12 titles attached to his name. Yeah. Like, what the but fuck? That's my point. They can't just be a goddess. They have to be... I'm the incarnated goddess of such and such. Listen, okay, that's all delusions. Because what you're really doing is deluding yourself as if you really are those things, and you're not. Those things are metaphors. Those things are fictitious. Those beings never, those things that people call beings never existed in any way, shape, form, or fashion outside of a metaphor, outside of just something symbolic 
to show your archetypal energy and nature that you naturally possess within you. And some archetypes you, you manifest and embody more than others because of your nature. So whatever the case, that doesn't mean you are that. That doesn't mean you are Heteru of the past. That doesn't mean that you're segment of the past. That means you embody that energy so you have the tendencies and the attributes to embody that. But just because you embody that does not mean that tomorrow you should go wear a Sachmet outfit, walk down the street wearing a lioness head, because some of you dumb idiots will do that shit. Right. I don't that, see You it. know, that, that's, that's the problem. You know, in the, I could say this for the melanated occult community. I mean, be, because a lot of the times, you know, um, melanated people in these occult circles are, are they're listening to and led by, you know, spooky motherfuckers. Well, I would agree, yeah. and that's definitely true for the melanin community, but I'm starting to see that that shit sickness is in every human being. Let me tell you what I mean by that. You have your Caucasians who are in the left-hand path, or well, claim to be on the left-hand path, well, yeah, and that's these niggas be ultra-extreme ultra fucking piercings everywhere that you could think of, fucking tattoos right. from head to toe. There ain't nothing wrong with any of that shit. I'm not saying that's wrong. What I'm saying, when you go to the extreme and every fucking little part of your body has a fucking piercing and every fucking little square inch of your body has a fucking tattoo and then you got to get extreme and, and fucking mohawks and dye your hair like that. <laughs> you understand? That's all a part of a sickness. It's called... And, 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 and the problem with that is... Right, and the problem with that is that most melanated people think that that's the definition of what the left-hand path is. Because again, I want to what you're saying there is very important for for melanated people. Because I said something very early in the beginning of the show. I've been getting a lot of emails lately from a lot of melanated people that have been practicing it literally secretive because because it's been shunned mainstream because of what you're saying. Because most melanated people that are not conscious who claim to be conscious, and that was one of the reasons why we chose the title of this show tonight, for those melanated people that have been on this occult path for, for a long period of time and just have not been open with it because of the aforementioned what Ravana Noon was just talking about, the stereotypes, just like any other dogma. And it, it look, I don't give a fuck how conscious you are because they did it to Islam, they did it to Christianity, they did it to Judaism, any culture that once belonged to melanated people, it was done to all of them, and the left-hand path is no different. So I, we've been getting a lot of emails lately from people that are appreciative of this subject matter and what we do on the show because now it gives them a sense of belonging because now they're like, look, I do see the connection and origins to Africa and Egypt in this spiritual science. It's not just exclusively limited to modern-day European philosophy. And as I've said before, and Ravala Noon just explained, the physical aspect of it that connects to they more deal with this modern anti-Christian doctrine called Satanism, which exactly. just is the opposition to Christianity. They focus on that. A real left-hand path practitioner doesn't focus on it. They don't give a fuck about that because Satan is just as much as a myth as their God of the Bible is. That's all bullshit. Yeah. It's not exactly. a reality. It's exactly. not a reality. Yeah. And that's, that's the problem. When most people hear left-hand path, they think of Satanism. And you, if you go right now and, and actually plug uh, and type into Google or Bing or any one of these search engines and put left-hand path, 90% of shit that pops up is Satanism. And that, that's right. they do that shit intentionally because they're making you think that it's Satanism. But that's not really what it is. 
is the reason why I became associated with Satanism is because Satanism is considered the adversary. Okay? That's right. Adversary, you have to understand, is synonymous with being the isolated consciousness. This is why Satuch is also discussed in those circles. Okay? You have to understand that because the adversary is against the norm. It goes against the norm. It goes against this fictitious God, this fucking God that um, enslaves people but makes you think it loves you, all this shit, right? So it goes against that. So this is why Satanism pops up. The problem is that a lot of people then created a religious motif out of the adversary, and now you get your church of Satanism, your church of this, you get your Satanist this, your Satanist movement. So everybody is creating a religion out of this, and that's mm-hmm. far from the left-hand path because left-hand path is anti-religion, anti-control of religious motif and principalities and all these things. It's against that shit. It's about individuation. It's about self-deification. It's not about, let me say this clearly because some of y'all fools might take this to the extreme. It's not about breaking the laws in the society you live in. No. You have to be wise. Okay, you still respect the laws in whatever society you live in. Okay, so don't don't get extreme and then think, oh, see, I'm fucking left hand, so I'm gonna just go out and sh- and run fucking butt naked down the street tomorrow. No, nigga, that's not called <laughs> stupidity. Okay, you still respect the laws of the country you live in. However, what I am saying is that that's where the Satanist mentality came from. And so this is why so many people associate left-hand path with Satanism, but it really has nothing to do with Satanism. Not it has nothing to at do all. with any of those things. It just becomes associated with it, with it in time. But in truth, it has nothing to do with it. And this is what the problem is. So when people think of the origin of left-hand path, they're automatically going to tie it to in their mind because of what the media portrays or search engines portray or whatever into some European motif of Satan. And, and you know, anti first person, first person that's going to come up, Anton LaVey. Yeah, and things like that. So what happens now is we're dispelling the myth and the lies surrounding that and showing you this actually originates in ancient Kemet. Pharaoh Unas, or Unas, okay, whatever name, however you want to pronounce it, okay, um, it actually even predates Unas, but Unas is the one who really uh, gets a lot of credit for credit this for because, yep. because there was actual text of uh, papyrus written about this, okay, papyrus. So Unas basically, in his text, the pyramid text, which is attributed to Unas, there's actually, the book is actually a bunch of rituals on absorbing the energy of the gods. The Neturu, whatever you want to say, okay? Absorbing each and every one of the Neturu and you becoming that. So, in the movie Gods of Egypt, yeah, you conscious coons got an uproar. Oh my god, see, they're whiting, whiting, Kemet in Egypt. Oh my god, I can't believe it. I'm not going to watch that movie. Well, that's, that's double shame on your dumb asses. See, just because you see the character, the mask that they're wearing doesn't match your description or doesn't match how you look like. You forego some hidden knowledge 
that some of these occultists who are making movies are trying to share with people. So you missed in the gods of Egypt how they show Satuch or Set literally absorbing every attribute of the gods to become mm-hmm. the greatest of gods. Absorbing and that's right. Energy, that's that's vampirism. Mm-hmm. That's, that's vampirism. That's basically that's what right. you were witnessing. That's right. In the book Coming Forth by Day, also known as the Ancient Egyptian Book of the Dead, it says Seth or Set or Satuk is the greatest of gods. Okay? So let's get this correct. It's the greatest of gods. But why? Because Satuk absorbed all the attributes, archetypal energies of all the gods and embodied it in one. Therefore, therefore he would be what religion again philosophized and turned into a faith system. And as you mentioned earlier, because remember, one of the titles, as we mentioned before, what religious dogma gives to who they, the fictitious character they call Satan or the devil, is called Azazel, the scapegoat. And That's what Christians right. tend to do all the time is use that as their out. So therefore, you have the name the scapegoat. Not because in falsity, how they teach it as if this is some character that always, you know, was rebellious or going against the so-called rules and laws of God. It's actually, again, there's always a double paradigm working. You've got to understand it's a right-hand path philosophy. Any of that fluffy doctrine, any of that religious garbage, there's always a double paradigm working at the same time simultaneously. You just got to look hard enough to see it. That Azazilla scapegoat reference is really in reference to the whole Christian faith because anytime there's some blame to shift on something for something going wrong and negative, rather than take any responsibility or blame, it's Azazilla or the devil. They use that as their out, as their scapegoat. And that's the fucked up part about it. See, we we don't fuck with any of that stuff because that stuff is what keeps somebody mentally it doesn't keep them in the right frame of mind. And, and, and indoctrinators mm-hmm. still within the Christian, Islamic, or Judaic belief. Now, That's all it is. let me say this. Muslims do the same thing. Shaitan. 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 <laughs> you know how many times you hear fucking Shaitan? You actually hear the word Shaitan more than Allah in, in, in the Quran. People don't even know that shit because they don't read it because, you know, they're told not to read that shit. But you actually, and what's the, first thing, but what's the first thing they say before they recite the Quran? What's the first thing in Arabic they course. say? <laughs> I yep. seek reference. I seek refuge in Allah from Shaitan the, the accursed. Yeah, say that exactly. before any Quranic reading. Always. <laughs> no ifs, ands, or buts. You will always hear reference to say Shaitan. And you always, always seek refuge from him. Always. Now, what is what, what is that really saying? Okay? It's the same motif passed along and along. Here, in the origins of the left-hand path, it's far removed from that. It's about self-deification and isolating yourself from the, norma- the normalcy of society. Not being a sheep, but rather a wolf. Now, people say, oh, my God, that's so cruel and evil. Yeah, well, they taught you that. Religious doctrine taught you, you know, um, be humble like a lamb. Be humble as a sheep, right? But yet, isn't in their own scriptures it says, but wise as a serpent? Hmm. 
Now, why no, 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 it, hold on. Stop for a second. You said, say it again. What did you just say? Wise. As a serpent. As, okay. Now, here's, here's, again, as I said before, there's always a double paradigm working in right-hand path philosophy. Let's back up now because why is that important? Because when you read that stupid-ass fucking story in the book of Genesis about fucking the snake and Eve, right? Religious people are so fucking stupid. When they hear the word you just said, serpent, they automatically correlate that with a snake. That could be the furthest thing from the fucking yep, truth. Not the same. That's so, not the same thing. The word serpent is just an adjective. It's a Greek word that describes characteristics. Yep. And it was the word you just used, wise, crafty, beguiling. Because that, they gave that characteristics to the snake. What a snake does, it's very crafty, it's slithery. A serpent is not a snake, people. Get that shit out of your head because right. it's that easy to run the double paradigm and fuck with your mind. Because now, I don't care who you talk to that's religious, or not even, they don't even have to be religious. Just somebody that's easy, easily subliminally suggests programming on their subconscious mind. If you say the word serpent, the first thought that's going to pop into their mind is a motherfucking snake because it's that easy to indoctrinate people. And that's exactly. what the biggest trick of the right-hand path is, is running that double paradigm on you simultaneously. The list goes on and on and on. The other term that I forgot, I slipped in, forgot to slip in earlier, the other term that they took, which really goes back to Egypt, because what we were just talking about a minute ago, when it said earlier that set or darkness and a pep development of darkness both have to exist, or chaos, both have to exist for one to bounce out the other. Set would be the proper representation, who they falsely call in religion, the prince of darkness. Satan, the prince of darkness is the real prince of darkness, or true representation of that archetype energy or concept, because of what that real darkness represents, not evil, gloom, and doom, and death, and demonic possession, and all that fucking religious shit, when you hear that term, prince of darkness, but when, you, when, when a left-hand path practitioner looks at set, as, as Brother Ravana Noon said, mentioned in Coming Forth by Day, as the greatest of all deities, as is clearly mentioned in there, because what he represents prior to the 21st and 22nd dynasty would be the real, true prince of darkness, because of the power that it represents in aspect of unlimited potential of the subconscious mind, the inner abyss of the subconscious mind. This is the reality. So when a left-hand path practitioner says they worship the prince of darkness, they're not talking about externally worshiping some deity called the devil or Satan. They're talking about tapping into the isolated conscious of their subconscious mind because that's where the true power of the subjective realm lies, and that's where one is able to raise themselves up to a true God. So ask a lot of these conscious coons that say, I'm a god, black man's god, well, black woman's a goddess. We, we're about to show. Mean? We're about to show that these conscious coons know nothing. Here's an example. Everybody who, who's interested in this, grab a pen and paper, notebook, paper, whatever. I'm going to give you a quick ritual to do a satuch, okay? Not going to give you everything because you got to still create your own shit. Whether you have chalk, a marker, whatever you use to draw a sigil, symbol, whatever. On the ground, draw a triangle. I want you to, if you don't have pen or paper, just visualize this. It's powerful if you can visualize it. Draw a triangle. The top part of the triangle, draw a line where there's a nice little section of the top part of the, of the triangle, and draw the symbol of Satuch or Set. That symbol is a symbol of his face with the ears, okay? 
Put that at the top. And then on the right side of the uh, pyramid or triangle, draw a line straight down, and on the left side, draw a line straight down. On the left side, left corner, draw the the uh, the Egyptian eye. Okay. On the right side of the pyramid or triangle, put the left hand. Draw a symbol of the left hand. Okay. Then in the middle, I want you to draw a line straight down, and then a circle and an ankh right in the middle. Now, if you have a symbol, image, a painting, a picture, or or a statue of Satuk. On your altar, put that right in front of you, and on and right in back of the satur, you put one black candle on the left, one black candle on the right, and a red candle in the middle. Okay? Now, invoke satur, and you can create whatever you feel, however you say. But before you do that, face the north and invoke the energies from the north you want to work with to the west, to the south, and to the east, whatever. I'm not going to give you everything because then you're following me, and that's not cool. you got to create still some of your own shit, okay? Once you're back to the north facing Satuk, invoke Satuk, however you want to do that. You're calling Satuk, calling the absolute energy of Satuk, and go from there. If you feel the room vibrating, moving, you yourself, you know the shit's working. Then, think about all these conscious coons that promote, speak, or teach about Kemet, and you'll understand why we say they know nothing about what they're really talking about. Nothing. Nothing at all. You want to know why I'm so hyped up today? Because I did a ritual similar to that today. My energy's been through the roof. I feel this aggressive energy like I haven't felt in a long time, and I feel like charged up. The isolated consciousness, that storm, that chaotic storm, I feel it inside and out. That's okay? excellent, excellent point. Excellent point. Exactly. And this is why we say they do not know anything because they do not know how to embody it. They can teach you history. They can tell you every story. They can tell you about every papyrus or papyrus. They can dissertate and they can read Metanether and speak Metanether, but they do All not know how to embody this consciousness, this energy, and be that. And you know what? You just hit something on the head, brother. Man, niggas is good storytellers, ain't they, man? You know, I just realized that shit. Niggas can tell some motherfucking stories, can't they? And that's about it. But what I want to do, what I want to do to stay on track with time, let's let's get to this next section. Uh, Brother Sargidi, anything you want to add to that before we go to the next section? No, go ahead, bro. Okay. Get your finger out that midget, nigga. Anyway. That nigga's dressed up. That nigga's dressed up as Batman right now and shit, running yeah. around his neighborhood. And shit. <laughs> he thinks he's Batman and shit. Yeah. All right. Let's let's get into this next section here to kind of piggyback off of, because we kind of already got into what we were. It's, it's just sometimes that's how the energy works, which is a great thing. We kind of got into or tapped into the next phase we was going to get into before we even got to it. So let's now talk about magic and alchemy or alchemist. Well, alchemists all have root in the same thing, the black scientist alchemist, which, again, is just a term which is actually, in essence, incorrect because we know that that comes from dealing with the, the, the Semitic language of Aramaic. And we know that this pre- Egypt predates that, but it's just a term. So we don't want people to get stuck in that. All right, it says Egypt is one of the ancient origins of magic as a process, this is, listen to this, of causing change or initiation. Okay? 
of causing change or initiation. Alchemy is named after the color of the soil. When the Nile floods, Kemp or Kem is the word black, which brings origin to alchemy or alchemy, the Arabic term, as I just said, has root in the Semitic languages. Within Egypt lore, black and white magic were not separated in any specifics. Each could blend accordingly. Okay, so it's not about just, uh, I need to worship the moon and Dina and Dinah, the moon goddess and all. No, no, no. You're going to find out what a master black magician can do is blend both of those energies only when need be. There's no differentiate between them. It's about vibration and tapping into the correct energy when need be. But let's continue. The two specific types of ancient magic are that which transforms the self. So what, what, what is ancient magic? That which, that transforms, which transforms the self. The, the what? The, there you go, the self. And that which compels or causes change in the world of the living or the dead. And we did a whole thing on the Patriot Aloha's or the Boudon Pantheon, the spirits of the dead. What's the importance of working with the spirits of the dead? Not dead in the sense of dead, non-existence, no life, no energy. Dead is a term for giving up the, the very existence that has kept you bound and confound, and you've now entered a whole new change of realization, reality, or what we term everlasting life. So working with the spirits of the dead is another aspect, okay? Depending uh, on... Necromancy. Necro, yeah. Depending on the purpose, the bearer of a such would be the deciding good or evil. God, and often it depended on the association with nature and even the political alignment of the time. Now, here's the important part right here. This is where people get stuck on this path, that think that they've tapped into consciousness, that think they're ready for great change, that think they got the shit figured out, that think they're not spooky no more. Oh, I'm not under no more spells of religion. I'm not up under the, the bind of the white man's philosophy. Yes, you are. Here's why. The Egyptians were known to look past good and evil. What? Wait, wait, hold on. Let me say that shit again. There's no such thing as good and evil. We've been saying this for how long on the show? The Egyptians were known to look past good and evil as any common moral tone or association. Your good and evil bullshit is your personal morality. Stop confusing that shit with everybody else's shit when you get pissed off when people's personal ideologies may not line up with your morality. Now you're mad. That's not right. That's wrong. That's evil. Evil in whose eyes? The one perceiving it. Because what you might perceive as incorrect or evil or something negative, I might not look at it that way. Ravana Noon may not look at it that way. A Sargini may not look at it that way. But you're saying this is the embodiment of evil. You might be listening to some of the shit that we're talking about tonight and say that is evil. Evil to who? To you. But there's a, just for the one person, you, that you're saying it's evil or incorrect, there's probably 15, 20, or 30 more people agreeing with that ideology. So good and evil are just varying degrees of vibrational energy, as it says here. And one has to look past that shit because all it is is that's personal morality in the eyes of the one perceiving it. See, that's where people get stuck in this shit. They think they're ready for it, but when this shit comes at them hard, now they get stuck in their morality. Well, I don't know. My pussy hurts. I don't know. This is just, I don't know if this is for me. And if you feel like that, it's not. Let's continue. Okay, then it goes on to say, <laughs> as, any, as any common moral tone or association, drawing a rich understanding 
of utilizing gods and goddesses to achieve the will of the individual of people, right? Then it continues. The very grimoire will attempt to illuminate the black art of Apophis, Set, and the gods of the sun. That dualism will be forgotten except for the uninitiated. Let us gather the source of the waters of the underworld and drink deep of the primal knowledge. Now here's where it gets even better. The Luciferian magician or magic presented here is the depths of the abyss. What is that abyss? Here's the answer to that. From which the magician may grow powerful in the black flame, then only to rise up in the light as a conquering god or goddess. That abyss, that dark, deep chaos and darkness, all these things we're talking about, all that is a representation of the inner workings of your subconscious mind. That's all the shit is. So you don't want to tap into that and deal with everything that's there. Not just the shit you like, because we like to go, oh, I'm a great person. I'm so knowledgeable and wisdom. I'm strong. I'm caring. I'm kind. I'm love-hearted. I'm a good family man. See, that's just easy to identify with, right? But then you don't want to deal with the fucked up party stuff. I'm fucked up. I got a bad temper. I probably treat my, my wife or my husband like shit when I shouldn't. I maybe am not as good as a father or mother to my children as I should be. I'm fucked up with money. I don't know how to balance money. I got a gambling problem. I got, I got a sex addiction problem. I'm a fat motherfucker. I can't stop eating food, right? You want to make excuses for it. I'm not going to sugarcoat this shit for nobody tonight, okay? I, look, if you're fucking, if you're you and you eat a lot, it's because you eat a lot. Now, I know there's some people that got health conditions. Don't get me wrong. And I'm not trying to be insensitive. Nah, fuck that. I, just, I don't want to pretend like I'm, I'm being fluffinated. But the whole point is, if you have a medical condition, it's one thing. But if you can't stop fucking eating and you're big, that's why you're big. Okay, oh, let's not sugarcoat it. Let's not sugarcoat it. See, we want to we we cradle people. See, this is what the inner abyss, this is what this is talking about here. You have to face that reality. Once you face that reality, you can do your weeping and your mourning. You can feel sorry for yourself for a minute. You understand? And then you learn to deal with it. See, this is where people get stuck. You understand? And this is, this is what you can't do on this path. You've got to learn to address that, deal with it, master it, and move on. It's the same thing, the sickness that's in the conscious community. It's, I'm going to use the white man as a crush to why I'm a failure. I have no money. It's the white man's fault because he's, I don't have any equal opportunities. I can't find a good job or start a business. But there, for everyone that complains there, I can show you four or five brothers and sisters that have started sex, successful businesses that have learned to manipulate the system and bend it in their favor. That's called working real black magic. So that bullshit doesn't fly with somebody on the left-hand path. See, niggas is comfortable in that situation. So as long as I got the white man as a crutch to lean on, the white man is the devil. The white man is the reason for every problem I have my so the white man is the reason why your motherfucking wife left you because you're a goddamn bum and you can't pay your bills. That's the white man's fault, right? Okay? You, you, you're on Section 8 collecting welfare because your, your bum ass won't go get a job or start a business. That's the white man's fault too, right? Okay? This is the problem with this. Let me finish with this, and then we'll build on this. All right, then it goes on to say, the Luciferian magic presented here in the depths of the abyss, as we just said, subconscious mind. Alchemy presented here is a heresy among other magical system. It demands the apophi ampi amp, I'm sorry, let me pronounce it right. The apophi and predatory instinct, or the apophis instinct, the very nature of vampiric origin, or any left hand, not just vamp, vampire. The myths surrounding apophis of Pep describe an ever-regenerating serpent 
seeking to swallow the sun. You always see that symbol of the serpent with the tail in its mouth. This is what this is talking about, the ever-regenerating spirit. It uses the word serpent, seeking to swallow the sun. Ravana Noon said something a few minutes ago. That chaos is always continually emerging. And out of that chaos comes that light, not physical light. The intellect is the light that's making reference. When it says, out of darkness and chaos come order and light, okay, not no spooky stuff. Because keep this in mind, as we said before, when a mason goes through a masonic lodge, he's blindfolded, especially when you're talking about the blue house and the first three degrees of masonry, okay? You, when you're talking about an apprentice, fellow craft, master mason, they're blindfolded. And when they're in that darkness or chaos, that's when the intellect is at its highest peak. They're, they're, they're tuning in to that divine light. And like it says in their own Bible, light shines in the darkness, darkness comprehended it not. It's talking about the intellect of the mind, knowledge, not physical light. And when that's going on, as we said before, they hear sounds in the lodge, noises, voices, and their mind is now, their higher senses kick in. What is that noise? Who's that that spoke? I heard that sound. What is creating all of that that's taking place in their mind, their, their, their subconscious? Everything's kicking in at the same time. Then here's the funny part. Where the blindness comes in and the confusion if you've been to a Masonic Lodge, you know what I'm talking about. I'm not just reading the Dunkin' Donuts ritual book. I'm not talking about that because most niggas will read Dunkin' Donuts and now they think they know everything about Masonry. And that's not the case. Then when you're kneeling upon the altar, especially on the end of the apprentice first degree and the blindfolds removed and the, and the brethren will say, let there be light. They clap their hands. Some noise takes place. You get that quick moment, that 20, 30 seconds or so, where your eyes, you know, you've been blindfolded for so long. Now you have to, your eyes have to adjust to the light. So this is where the paradigm comes in. As I said before, there's a double paradigm working at all times. These Negroes in the right-hand path keep telling you, come into the light. Come into the light. Everything's about light and love and hugging trees and all that shit. But that's where all the problems actually start. Not when you're in the darkness and the chaos. That's when you were at your supreme state. You say you're God, but that's when you were God. And let me finish with this. The purpose of a pet, and it leads me to this, is renewal and the darkness of chaos, which allows rebirth and evolution. That's why I said all the shit I just said 10 seconds ago. Let me say that again. The purpose of a pep, that concept of a pep that you learn in e Egypt, all the spooky niggas will say, a pep represents Satan and the devil. Nigga, you're still religious. Why in the world are you incorporating something that predates religion by hundreds of thousands of years because you saw something that was similar? Now you got niggas walking around saying, oh, a pep is Satan. That's equivalent to Satan of the Bible. He's a spooky-ass, monotheistic, faith-believing Negro still, and you just don't know it. So let me say that again. The purpose of a pet, the concept of a pet, the symbolism of a pet, to make it a little more simple, is renewal and the darkness of chaos, which that chaos allows what? Rebirth and evolution. What does evolution mean? To constantly evolve, to change, to grow. That's why you go into the darkness and the chaos. For what? To change, to grow, various stages of rebirth. Isn't that what the Masonic Lodge represents? What do the three degrees represent? You come in, birth, resurrection, death, and then you're raised. This is all symbolic. Okay? Okay. And then there are two applications in general. That's funny because, you know. Go ahead, brother. When you're going when you're going through the trials of initiation, 
and Freemasonry and you're in this darkness, it's a rough motherfucking road. It ain't no, it's not, it's not a pretty tall, fluffy road. It's, it's, it's a rough road, you know. Big time. Nigga time. sound like he underwater eating some pussy. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you sound like you're in a fucking like water bottle or something, nigga. Where, uh, you like, uh, oh, you no, got an earpiece I'm in my you're car and shit. Oh, in, uh, you're in a car and you're fucking in your Batman outfit and shit. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you're driving around being a crime saver tonight, brother. He's, he's okay. <laughs> Nigga's a cr- cr- Cape Crusader. For everybody listening Cruz. to the show, that's a Sargidi's part-time job at night. He drives around the Batman outfit saving people. So that's, that's that nigga sees yeah, see somebody shoplifting Twinkies and shit at the supermarket. He jumps yeah. out of his car and shit. <laughs> fucking shakes him down in the parking lot and shit. A Sargiti might be coming to a city near you, so look, be on the lookout. <laughs> be on the lookout. But anyway, brothers, before, because uh, uh, there's one more section I want to get into, but before we do that, anybody want to build on that for a few? Sure. It's the last section I want to finish with, uh, brothers, is set. And the Ur Heka and add adversarial magic. I want to finish with that before we go to the phone. All right. All right, everybody, check this out. So, subconscious mind. This is the darkness, the abyss, the, the part of self that uh, most people refuse to acknowledge or confront, as Brother Benedi was describing and sharing with you all. And the major reason why, and I'm sure most of y'all know this, because you're afraid of what you might encounter about yourself. You know it, you feel it, you sense it, but you won't encounter it, you won't confront it. And the reason why you won't is because you're afraid of what's sitting in that part of yourself. You're afraid of what you might hear. You're afraid of your um, your anger. You're afraid of your hatred. You're afraid of your perversions. You're afraid of your sexuality. You're afraid of all this. See, some of y'all are deluding yourself. And let me tell you what I mean by that. I'll use relationships as an example. Some of you motherfuckers are never meant to be in a monogamous relationship. Some of you motherfuckers just can't keep, can't, can't, you just can't be loyal if you were even paid a million bucks, you still would fuck up some way, somehow. See, some of y'all don't want to accept this reality about yourself. So, because you've accepted society norms, you've accepted religious motifs, you understand, you'll automatically uh, say, well, you know, I got to be good for my wife, or I got to be good for my husband, I got to be loyal. Yet, every minute y'all get, you banging somebody on the side. And then you come home and you wash it away within the blood of the lamb called Jesus. And why the blood? Anyway, Jesus. Or they'll, they'll wash it away and do some salat and then go, you know, do some salat and, and, you know, charity for people just to, just to wash away your sins, right? You're so yeah, you get a fresh start, brother. You get a fresh start. Yeah, you know. So the problem with that is that you're, you're, you're lying to yourself. If you know you're a dog, you're a fucking dog, period. I don't care how many vows you've taken. I don't care how many marriage counselors you've gone to see. If your nature is to be that, then that's what you're going to be. The problem is people don't want to face it because when they go into the subconscious or the abyss part of self, all this comes to the surface. And now they have to confront it and deal with it. And 
It's so not, you mean if I become a Buddhist, that's just not going to make it go away? I can't just go away. I can't just convert to Buddhism and pretend like I'm holy right now, and that's yeah. just going to map See, that? Oh, here's, okay. here's a trick with Buddhism, right? So you're meditating, and one day you're meditating, you go so deep into meditation, every fucking little endeavor you had is going to start showing up. That's right. And you're going to see every part of that. Well, what are you going to do at that point? You're going to you're going to do more mantras? Oh, i got to mantra harder because this motherfucking shit is just fucking, whoa, I did some shit. Yeah, you did. But <laughs> doing every mantra is not going to make that shit go away. You still That shit's still going to keep surfacing because you've never confronted it and dealt with it. So some of you motherfuckers cannot and will never be loyal and faithful to your mates. Stop the fucking lying. Admit the shit to yourself and to her or him and deal with the real reality. Okay, some of y'all motherfuckers have some 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 shit that you've done that if your mate ever found out, whew, or your family or anybody else, you're afraid of the judgment, you're afraid That's of right. ridicule, you're afraid of everything else. So this is why some of y'all are afraid to go into the into the abyss or your subconscious mind because that's all gonna surface. Listen, I had a young lady who. You know, we communicate by email every so often. She shares information, and I try to help her and share some information. Now, I will never mention names, and I do that purposely because I don't want them to totally get upset. But, hey, the shoe fits. You still got to wear it. I'm just not going to say your name so everybody knows who you are. But, you know, they did these rituals, and a spirit came to them. Listen. Anyway, spirit came to them. You're killing me, man. You're killing me over here. And this spirit wants to have sex. Ah, shit. Okay, now, now, listen now. So, I told her, well, you know, these spirits sometimes come. This energy comes because there's some subconscious part of yourself that you're repressing. It feeds off of that shit and wants it. So, this motherfucker refused to accept that. She came up with every excuse in the book. Yeah, well, you know, the spirit only seems to show up when I speak about marriage or, you know, I bring forth. Really? Really? So you think the spirit wants to romance you and marry you and, you know. What the fuck does the spirit care about any of that? Marriage to the spirit, brother. A spirit only usually cares about a couple things. You know what that is? Energy. Energy. How the fuck can I get some energy, some blood or something to make way into the physical realm, to tap into this side? Okay, and regardless of what I said, everything was still about marriage or romancing or some shit. And I'm just like, you're you're not getting it, dude. Your subconscious mind is attracting to you because the subconscious mind creates reality. So what the fuck is the spirit gonna come into your life? It can't marry you. It's on it's on another realm vibration. That's so special, brother. You're just making it about marriage because this is the only thing you can perceive. Okay, because you still have a light side, a right-handed path mentality where everything has to be something good or something beautiful or something right. No, most of these spirits just want to get the fucking rocks off, fuck, get some energy, suck you dry, whatever the fuck they want to do. They're not there for all that beautiful shit. Okay, some of them, yeah, okay, fine, but not all of them do. (laughs) They're on a whole nother vibration, a whole nother existence. What the fuck do they need marriage for now? And if they well, are maybe, married, maybe, well, maybe, maybe that's something that that person is lacking in their life or severely wants. Exactly, which is what yeah, I yeah. kept trying to, trying yeah. to get to. What are you repressing or are you not dealing with that this shit keeps happening? There's something that's you're not bringing forth. What happened to us. 
that's usually what happens. You know, people don't understand. For example, like the succubus and the incubus. You know, these particular spirits come into play when a part of your sexuality is repressed. Their job is to pretty much, if you want to say, take that energy that you keep holding down and help you release it. You know, a lot of people look at it as, oh, they're stealing my energy and all that kind of shit. But in reality, they're they're breaking they're breaking this this bound that you put on your sexual energy for whatever reason. They're breaking this this bind that you put on it, you know, and releasing that. But you know, they that's their purpose. That's their whole purpose in the universe is to fucking you know break the links of repressed sexual energy. That's their purpose. Yep, yep, yep. Exactly, yeah, that's... and that's what my point was. You have to understand, whatever you're repressing, whatever you're repressing, things are attracted to that. They want that, and they can play or or become whatever you want them or whatever you desire in your life. They'll become that all to get what they want. You really think... A spirit wants to marry you? Really? Really? Yeah, man. Come on, man. They no, no, probably no. needed a, probably See, got kicked out of his house, so they needed a house to live in, man. Yeah, they couldn't pay their rent. That's exactly <laughs> the problem. What it is is that that suppression is coming because you want some some um, beautiful episode of a marriage or relationship, and you're suppressing your sexuality at the same time, okay? Because you want to be light, and you want to be a, a light, but... All the while, inside your subconscious mind, you could be a raging, a raging female that has hormones through the roof that desires to just have sex. But women don't want to deal with that. Men, on the other hand, go to the extreme with it, and women just don't want to deal with it. You understand? These are some of the things people don't want to face. You might also have some fucking perversions. You like, you know... Whatever, fisting somebody. You might, you know what I'm saying. All this crazy, all this crazy shit that people have, they don't deal with. They, you might have an anger, um, and your anger sometimes makes you become very aggressive, very physical, confrontational, and you're interpreting that as, oh, that's bad, that's wrong. Not really, but because you never deal with it, you don't learn how to control it and use it into something that could be beneficial for you. So, yeah, it will always remain something that's uh, not beneficial for you because you're afraid to deal with it. You're afraid to encounter it. So as long as you stay in the periphery or the sidelines of your own issues, you can never turn those weaknesses into strengths. There will always be that, a weakness. In the left-hand path, we take every weakness and learn how to utilize it and make it into a strength. Yep. And, and again, I want to I want to stress something that w- was mentioned earlier, and something you can simply it's it's a very simple thing, nothing elaborate. You don't need to you don't need two minutes. That symbol of the scarab beetle, compare. Focus on that. All you got to do is just sit there, meditate and visualize on what that represents. And again, it simply represents what we're talking about right now. I've come into being which represents you've come into the realization of who you really are. Not all that shit. 
that you're trying, like like we just broke down, Ravana Noon just went through all that. Not the shit you're trying to suppress. Not the shit you're pretending is not there. Well, you know, no, I don't have any of those repressed sexual desires. No, I don't have any of those shortcomings. I'm a, I'm a, I'm a spiritual person. You can call yourself a direct descendant of the, you know, I love this. See, here's the other problem Negroes got. They got the back-in-the-day syndrome sickness along with the Messiah height syndrome. It comes usually both, you know, come together with most of these people. You know, it's if they're not following somebody because they think some fucking leader is going to take them to fucking paradise. If it's not those Negroes or Negrettes, it's also the other ones that think that they're, oh, I'm a direct descendant of the, I'm, the, I'm an original this, and I'm a direct descendant of the, See, that sounds good, but all that is is masking the reality of what's really there. Sounds heavy on the surface because usually the ones that got to profess it all the time, because we all know those couple of Negroes that always want to profess their blackness all the time you see them, how black they are and how they original this and that. Most of those Negroes are fucked up when you look at them as a whole. Most of them, their lives are in shambles, whether it's economically, spiritually, mentally, emotionally. There's instability in all facets of their life because of the aforementioned things we were just talking about. Yep. You ever notice that? And here's it. Why, why is it there's always certain Negroes? Here's my other thing. Why is it always light-skinned Negroes got to always profess their blackness? Is, it, is, there, is there some type of insecurity because they're light-skinned, they feel they're not black enough? Yep. They do. Or, or, I mean, what the fuck is that about? I, I mean, you, it, it, that gets me sick to my goddamn stomach. I mean, you're either connected or you're not. You don't need to profess your fucking blackness to me yep. 24 hours a day, seven days a week. It's fucking disgusting. Okay, that shit's got to stop. That's another thing. You got niggas that do that shit all the time. And then you have other niggas that's still suffering from self-hate. I'm black, and I'm black, Yeah. Bro. Nigga, you need to turn your damn car door off and shit. You sound like you just got bailed out of prison and shit. Like somebody's yeah, picking does, you man. up from county and shit. Like that niggas at county and somebody's picking them up. Yeah. <laughs> but seriously, all, all jokes aside, it's even, it's even the dark-skinned Negro that always wants to pull his oppression on a light-skinned Negro. Because let's be real, there's self-racism amongst melanated people. Let's not act like that shit don't exist. You know, some people ain't black enough, and some people think they're more black than other motherfuckers. And that's that self-hate. That's that self-separation. That's that delusion. All right, real quick, I want to get into this last section before it gets too late, try to stay within the time frame. Uh, Let's get into Sethe and Urheka. Little more detail very on Egyptian Seth. Very there, brother. You're very black. You're very, very. That's black. That's getting black, man. Yeah, we can do the black thing, man. That's that, that, that's real black. I feel real black about saying that. Yes, you do, brother. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So it goes on to say the aim of adversarial magic is the expressed intent of refining and strengthening consciousness. So what's the purpose of left hand path, Luciferian magic? Luciferian, yeah, Luciferian magic, Sedian magic, black magic. Finding and strengthening self. Conscious. Oh, so it's not about worshiping this fictitious character called Satan or the devil? It's not about that? No, Oh, fuck, I thought that's what this was For about, For that, I man. can worship Santa Claus. That yeah, exactly, 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 Santa Claus, yeah. So let me say that one more time. The aim of adversarial magic is the expressed intent. Remember, we always say, when you're working any spiritual or magical intent. system... What is your intent? What, is, what intent are you expressing? Because if that throat chakra is fucked up and blocked, which deals with the expression, what is, what is your intent for, for carrying out any magical working? Okay? Of refining and strengthening the consciousness. There's your answer. That's why you should do any magical working. It's that simple. You're not doing it for any other reason. A real black magician works it for that reason and that reason only. 
Thus the will of the black adept, while veiled in evil or darkness, symbolically, the Luciferian seeks to develop through will and discipline a strong, continual, renewing state of balance and inner calm. Oh, I inner calm. All about, inner calm. Not some fake peace. Yeah. Not some fake peace. <laughs> I don't like think Jedi I say there's only peace. There are no yeah. emotions. Put the fuck out of here. That's a bunch of bullshit. So, so this is not about possession and demons? Oh, wow. I'm, I'm, I'm getting surprising myself here. Uh, uh, here, here the, the, eye, the eyes are not going to roll in the back of your head, bro. No, no, not according that's to what that just said. That's horror movies. Wow, wow. <laughs> One particular deistic mask of the adversary is Set, who is Typhoon, or the adversary, Set at. A word meaning the eternal Set. Signifies the eternal Set. Signifies the eternal consciousness which this God is able to possess. The black adept always seeks to continually transform the self into a type of God similar to the deific mask he or she works with. No very other God black, in ancient... That's very, very black. black. Keep saying the word very black. black. Keep it up, brother. That's right. That's right. Black. I, I'm going to have to pull that clip up in a second, man. I'm feeling yeah, black. No, <laughs> no other God in ancient Egypt presents the adversarial perfection more. Set is mentioned... In chapter 61 of the Papyrus of Ani, the soul of Seth. Oh, shit, nigga, you very cool. Oh, shit. I'm going history black tonight, niggas. <laughs> <laughs> and it goes on to say, of the Papyrus of Ani, the soul of Set, which is greater than all gods, which you were saying earlier, Ivana Noon, it's right there in the Papyrus of Ani, clearly defines the power he holds. Set is one of the gods of the Enod of Heliopolis. The Enod is a Greek translation of the Egyptian word Said Jet. Some will say Enoch. Oh, oh, shit, nigga. Oh, <laughs> yo, shit. I think my skin is turning black and black, man. <laughs> <laughs> oh, shit. Which is a grouping of gods with whom... <laughs> Sorry, hold on, man. Yo, which, is... which is a grouping of gods with whom... They got the giggles now, son. Y'all got the giggles now. Hold <laughs> on. I get, I get it together. Hold on. Y'all niggas got to think of that clip. With whom specific pharaohs and priests identify. I'm black, with. y'all. And I'm there black. There you go. Coming. And I'm I got black and black. The black, black, y'all. And I'm looking <laughs> black, black, and the black. The black, black, and the black. <laughs> <laughs> the Enoch had changed over time and came, began to deify <laughs> themselves in with the gods. Hold on. I got to say that part again. The Enad changed. Oh, wait, they changed over time? They, I thought they, oh, wow. Changed over time, and kings began to deify themselves in with the gods. Would that maybe be one explanation of the reasons why some people have taken these gods to be literal? There's your explanation right there, people. I hope that didn't go over people's heads. There's your reason. The kings would blend themselves with the energy of these deities, therefore making themselves gods. Wow, that shit, that shit goes on today. Very interesting. The Luciferian tradition, as defined in a modern sense, you mean you mean you mean to tell me the uh, the conscious uh, Egyptian historians aren't doing that type of stuff? No, 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 never, never. Then it goes on. Then it goes on to say the Luciferian tradition, as defined in modern sense by Charles Pace or Hamarat, places Seth as one of the three of the triad of darkness. Mm. The other two triad being Seth, love that Seth, word. Seth, Right. The other two being Sekhmet and Anubis, making up the Triad of Darkness with Set. 
As within the Sephiroth cult of mass, there is a balance between the triad of darkness as well as light within a cosmic sense. And we said light is really the intellect, not physical light. The black adept will work with all of these. Not one of them, not two of them, not pick what he or she likes, not fuck with <laughs> what they feel comfortable with, right? Not what makes you feel comfortable and safe. The black adept has to work with all of that shit. None of it can be left out. Okay? I only I, I only work with the goddess asset, brother. Well, asset. that's 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 why you're still stuck where you at, sister. That's why you're still stuck where you at. Then it goes on to say the black adept will work with all of these during the process of initiation. As with the grimoire, the apothic sethnic current presents a specific focus towards darkness as a means of continual self transformation and empowerment. Ooh. And I'm gonna skip up. I'm not going to go through the Ka, but this is important, but we'll do this another time. The Ka, the Ba, and the Kabet, or the Ku, we'll, we'll deal with that on another level because I want to skip. I want to get more into the set thing, okay? So let me skip up here uh, real quick to finish this last part that I want to get in, and then we'll, we'll build on this and then go to the phones. Uh, hold on one second. Let me just scroll up. Uh, let me go up one second. Give me a sec. Give me a sec. The Wasp after. There it is. Here we go. Now let's get into the wasp scepter, okay? You always see the, the picture of Seth holding this wasp scepter. What does this mean? What's the symbolicism behind it? This is important. Because you always see him with the sickle and the wasp scepter. And you always see him in a warrior-type pose. You always see him depicted in this stance because, here, here we go. The god Seth is demonstrated as being the only god to have the strength of will to hold up the sky. Thus, an effigy of his mask is upon the Tekem Septa, a symbol of Septimian power utilized by nearly all the gods, called also the Uis staff. There are, of course, variations to the design. The Jam or Hem Septa is coiled at times, which represents, of course, a spiral power representing lightning and mastery of the wind. The Uis Septa represents dominion and essentially to power, will to power. As a symbol of dominion and power, there is a resemblance to the concept of the epithet set forth in Ambos and Sepamero, which was powerful of forefoot. The Uwe Septa is, is additionally called the giver of wind. And Velvi made reference that Seth was able to manifest himself in thunderstorms and rain. Thus, in this alone, we find ample association between the lightning bolt and the clouds. A pep is the later primal form of Seth. Let me back that up and say that again. This is why there's a connection between the two. A pep, a later primal form of Seth. In his battle against the primal form, he is alone, the one who may triumph. Also travels via storm clouds and may manifest in storms as well. What we find with the god Seth is that he represents balance, par excellence. Where's all the evil shit, man? I thought Seth represented the devil and Satan and all this religious shit that these clowns teach about. I'm not hearing any of that shit here. Okay? It represents... Get behind me, Satan. That's right. Bar, balance, par, excellence. You want to talk about all these niggas talking about balancing themselves out? Well, you better tap into this shit if you really want to balance yourself out. Having the ability to restore order by his will alone, making the gods secure for a period of time, he may cause chaos and storms accordingly. As the Uwe Scepter holds up the sky, Seth held a great foundation among the gods. Even though in the contending of Seth and Horus, he grew angry and proclaimed that he shall take his scepter of 4,500 pounds to slay a god each day. 
making reference to the Uus Scepter. It stands for order as well as disorder of chaos and the anger of Seth. It may be considered as well that the Uus Scepter is the weapon used to kill Osiris, thus by the way of hitting the face of the dying god. This is symbolic, people. This is why you see Set had to kick Osiris's ass because that was a symbol of not conforming to the norm, as we mentioned in the very early portion of the show. Yep. Set basically said, I ain't following shit. I ain't coming up under anything or nobody. Well, it's all the shit you know, I know, and then some, and you niggas is running a hustle. Same thing goes on today. Yeah. He pretty much told him, y'all can suck my motherfucking dick. Yeah. Because I, there's nothing you're going to tell me that I can't find out on my own. And you got this still, this con still runs today. Some Negro will start some organization claiming he's in tune or she's in tune with some higher spiritual power. <laughs> and Negroes will run to nature, it and flock brother. to it. Yeah. And niggas will run to it and flock it. Because like I said, man, most melanated people want to be entertained, man. They don't want to be taught. Well, they they, they don't want to do no work. Mm-hmm. Let me say this. I, my OS scepter... If any females want to worship my U.S. scepter, you can tell me. And we'll we'll discuss a a date, time, and place to further uh, investigate those endeavors. No, seriously. um, You got you. You have and and one of the key things is make sure that everybody thinks you're ugly because that's what he likes. (laughs) (laughs) So. Uh, the the main important part there is that <laughs> when you go into Set or Satuf and you get further into the actual symbology, the actual meaning of things, Set encompasses a perfect balance, the chaos and the order. And the Was or the Was Scepter is that perfect emblem that encompasses both. So, in totality, when people are striving to be mad and, you know, Ra and Asar and Heru, they're misguided people. That controls every aspect of every part that you can imagine. The problem is, is that people want or, well, people are afraid to stand alone. So... They never learn how to master and bring order or balance to their life because they're afraid to stand alone. When you're afraid to stand alone, you're easily misguided, you're easily following people, and you're easily controlled. Well, see, well, see brother, my, my life doesn't, you know, it, it's only spirituality. The physical world has nothing to do with this. And the no, see, that's the imbalancement right there. <laughs> the problem niggas right, right. there. See, them niggas are the ones who, you know, want to be in downtown uh, New or in Orlando or New York or Miami or wherever, they want to be the nigga that's levitating and you know what I'm saying M- meditating in the middle of the city because they think that's deep. They 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 really feel that that makes them super spiritual and they're above or different than anybody else and they've been accepted by the universe as if if the universe is one and one if, in their in their teachings if the universe is one and you're one with the universe then everybody. It's already part of the universe. So what makes you any different if you meditate or don't meditate? Anyway, or you can stand, or you can stand in the. I figured out the physical world is an illusion. Yeah, or you can stand in the middle of all your major cities dressed like the Mighty Morphin Power Rangers. 
yeah. holding the Bible <laughs> and screaming at people how they the, how the white people are the devil and yeah and, and Yahweh Yahweh is getting ready to crack the sky yeah. and, and doom's coming to America and Babylon. Yeah. See, those <laughs> Negroes are more sicker than any other Negroes you ever run into because they're more religious than white Christians are. And yeah. they'll say that they say that they don't follow a religion just because they sprinkled some black fucking cartoons on it and want to tell you that King James is a black man, and then they want to wear these ridiculous <laughs> fucking Power Rangers slash Isley Brother costumes, yeah. and they want to sit there and yell and scream at you <laughs> on the street. These Negroes, are, look, man, that's some popcorn shit. I get my popcorn and sit down and watch. Yeah. You know, some corny-ass <laughs> shit. Or better yet, you can get some black and gold outfits and dashikis and, and dress suits and wear a black and gold fez and put some Egyptian symbols on there, and you can proclaim that you're going to some planet, some mystical planet, that yeah. every five years is verified because, yeah, of course, you know, astronomers, scientists are always fucking searching the skies, and they're always going to verify new planets here and there. So it's just, you know, coincidental that, oh, yeah, that happens to be planet risk. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, well, five years ago it was this place. That was planet risk. You understand? Eh. Or, or, and, and, and every year you think this this mystical god who's physical as can be and has done all kinds of atrocious things to people is going to be released and come home. He's coming home every year. Every year for uh, 15, yeah, 14 yeah. years now, he's coming home. Yeah. Every, every, oh, man, uh, well, well, we we heard that shit millions of times. Yeah, every New Year's. And this, every, this, every nigga New Year's not, this nigga is not in the jail. This nigga is beneath the fucking jail. Yeah, that's the he's fucked up part. He's in a you fucking asked, mountain, dude. He's in a these fucking niggas, mountain. These niggas, will, they'll stop you on the street, and they'll sit there and, and preach this rhetoric to you. And then you say, yo, who's this fucking, who's this, this character you got in the book? Bob the Bad Yakun, whatever the fuck they call this nigga now. <laughs> who's this nigga you got in the book that authors these books? Looking oh, like fucking see, Captain Crunch. <laughs> yeah, nigga looks like, yo, that nigga looks like Captain Crunch with that outfit on. He ain't He's a master teacher. He's our spiritual guy. Well, so where is he at? Oh, uh, he, he was falsely incarcerated. Oh, shit. Here we go. So your niggas, nigga, 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 nigga got the mustache um, shaped like a pirate's mustache. Yeah, like, oh, that shit. nigga looks like black. That nigga looks like a black <laughs> Captain Crunch. Straight up. <laughs> I saw that picture. I saw that picture when that shit first came out a couple years ago. Nigga, I went right to the grocery store, and I got me a box of Captain Crunch, man. That shit made me hungry than a motherfucker, man. But, but this is the sickness of our people, though, man, as we're clowning and having fun with it. This is the sickness of our people. Then, then you got another sickness, people following, still an old, outdated, tired nation of Islam doctrine where they go screaming, ranting, and raving that the white man's the devil, but the very God that they worship, who they say was Allah in the personage of Master Farad Muhammad, looks like a British white man. But they want to go around screaming for the last 80 to 90 years that the white man's the devil, but yet they worship a white man subliminally, and they don't even realize it. They'll tell you no. Well, see, brother, he came. He had to come half original, half black. Really? Pure, supreme, Asiatic, pure black man had to come in the form of a half-corrupted white and black man just so he could <laughs> teach the masses. But then you want to turn around and tell me he's almighty Allah, God. Why do you have to do why all the tricks, brother? Why all the games and why all the concepts and the gimmicks? Yeah. Your God ain't that motherfucking powerful if he's got to play tricks on you like that. See, these niggas are funny. sweet. They get. And it's funny, you know, not to say anything... That may sound racially based, but it is a lot of oh, race based shit. 
you know, the Nation of Islam, mostly all of their leaders are light-skinned guys. Yeah, always always will be. Elijah Muhammad. Look at their leader. Yeah, look at Farrakhan. Farrakhan looks like he's Dominican and shit, man. The nigga was like, (laughs) see that nigga at the salsa clubs down here. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Well, but, but I'm not saying anything ain't wrong with the light skin. I'm just saying, no, no. If no. you look at the track record, of course, that's a reality. But the thing is, look at that's done intentionally. Well, the point being is, long story short, because I just want to finish these last two paragraphs. But we'll and then we'll go to the phones. Long story short, look at all the confusion amongst melanated people. We all preach unity, and there's nothing but disunity because all the aforementioned groups we mentioned won't deal with each other exclusively because of doctrinal differences. Now, the sad thing about, and I've said this a million times, all of those groups have more things in common than things they don't have in common. I'm going to say that again. Most of them accept the fact that the origin of civilization and the great sciences and spirituality reside in Africa, whether it's Egypt or wherever you want to claim, whether it's West Africa amongst the Yoruba. They all agree on that core principle, which is the most important. But then all the ridiculousness comes in. As you start to filter down in these doctrines, and then it becomes my leader is better than yours. My doctrine is superior to this. Our concept to this is, in, is right. Yours <laughs> yeah, is incorrect. Yeah, yeah I cool come on. sat in the, back, in the backyard and played with two magnets. Oh, <laughs> oh shit. Oh, shit. That's what I'm saying, brother. That coonism, man. That's, that's straight, straight, straight coonism. See, this is the problem. This is... This is the reason why we're, we're bringing this up and clowning on it, because we're not just a fact to clown on it. We're having fun. Because, again, like we said in the beginning of the show, if this is your first time listening to this show, this is our methodology of building and teaching. This ain't no, no structured robotic, and we're not going to sit up here and sound like we're deep and heavy. See, we could do this. And you see, brother, see the black man. You're not going to hear that shit. You're not going to hear that shit. We're not going to. Most of us have walked. We've walked through those very schools that we're now that we're cracking on. on. That That's we're right. cracking on, whether it's Nation of Islam, Five Percent, whether it's uh, Nawapian, whatever. That's right. We most of us have walked through those schools and lived it, experienced it. So we understand the mentality, we understand the, the theories, we understand the whole doctrine from inside out, not just looking from the outside in. Bullshit. That's right. Anybody can say it. We were in that shit, dressed in that's right. walking the streets, being pie my brother, all that bullshit. All that shit. So we're making fun of ourselves in essence too, not just we're also cracking on ourselves because at one point we, we, we were embedded in that. And when you're embedded in that ignorance, you don't see it as clear as you do when you come out of it. And the funny thing is, here's the other trick. I run into so many brothers over the years, Brother Ravana Noon and I know Sargidi to an extent also. We run into so many brothers that have, you know, come up out of that ignorance and left. And the ones that are still there, here's the classic, yeah, man, see, them brothers or those sisters left because they're bitter. That's my favorite. <laughs> it, can never be, it can never be that somebody outgrew the shit. It's always nah, nah, you know. It's always, oh, no, that person, he or she left because they were bitter and they were angry. They no, they, could, they couldn't hold on to the rope. You know, they wasn't truthful enough. No, and we make this clear. My, my, we don't, answer, we, that, my answer to yeah. that is, what the hell do I have to be bitter about? I have three exactly. cars. I have a house. I have oh, my own business. You. I have more success now, financial, physical, spiritual success, than I ever had under any one of those schools that I participated in. But, but, see, but, see, but see, brother, you don't have the secrets. That's what I you have, have the okay. secrets. 
it's and you Mike never Pence. ever, that's right, <laughs> you never <laughs> ever heard us one time. And we, we embraced all the experiences we went through because it was part of our growth. You never ever once, we never ever shifted our shortcomings, blames, or faults, or tried to blame it on anybody else but ourselves. So we take full responsibility for anything we went through in the past, anything we're going through now, or anything we will go through in the future. See, that's the reality of it. And that's called spiritual growth, what we just mentioned in that previous paragraph. That's what that's called. So sometimes, not just what we're talking about now, anything in life, sometimes somebody leaves something or stops dealing with something, not because they were bitter or not because they don't want to deal with it no more. Sometimes they've just outgrown it, and it's time for them to evolve into something bigger and better. That's it. It's that simple. And when you, and that and when you, and when you, and when you can look back and, and make fun of the shit that you used to do, that's growth, you know? Yep. It's, it's, re- it's really funny looking at it from the outside now. You'd be like, damn, I really believe that shit? That's right. So good point. Finish those last two chapters so we can set a record and get on the phones early tonight. (laughs) Yeah, let's do that. Let's let's read this last section. It'll it'll be real short. It's a couple more paragraphs. All right, so finishing up with Seth and the scepter. Like all magical instruments, the Uwas of the Chem scepter is an extension of the will of the Black Advent in the tradition of ceremonial and hermetic magic. The wand represents the magical will. Just pay attention to this if you are an actual practitioner of magic and you have implements and you have tools. And when you work your altar, pay attention. There's a lot of symbolism here. This is why you have, uh, you know, your dagger. This is why you work with your chalice. This is why you work with all these symbols because of the energy it represents. In relation to Luciferianism, the black adept does not surrender the self in any way to an exterior divinity. Let me say that shit again. So stop saying you're conscious because you study Egyptology then your dumbass turns around and goes, most high. How the fuck can you study real Egyptian consciousness and you're still subliminally believing in this concept that there's a, the most high of fucking what and where? Where? Where is this most high? If it's not inside your subconscious mind or dwelling within you, then you still believe that there's something outside of you up there somewhere in the skies, in the heavens, in the fucking air somewhere called the most high. But then you want to sit here and tell me you're a god. Come on, man. You ain't nothing but a goddamn fool, man. Here we go. Listen to what this says. Let me say that one more time again about the black adept. In relation to Luciferianism and the black adept, he or she does not surrender the self in any way to an exterior divinity. Rather, the sepianist will compel and command through invocation the gods within. Wait a second. Now, not the gods outside, not the gods, gods in fucking Spookyville up in heaven. It said the Sethian mindset will use the process of invoking the gods within themselves, thus consuming the energy of the conjured god or spirit. While many right-hand path practitioners call this crude and barbaric, it must be understood that to be a god, ah, oh shit, one must act as a god. Let me say that shit again. So you can't just walk around and go, yeah, man, I'm god. I'm a god. It's the black man is god. Let me say that shit again. In order... It must be understood that to be a god, one must act as a god. You must do the work. Put it into practice. You mean, just read about you mean, it. You mean I can't blame nobody anymore? No, no, no that, that rope is over with, man. It's cut. Then it goes on to say, all the deities are made powerful by those sacrificed to it by, by means of blood, food, or incense. Prayers are focused. Energy is often in thought to it, opening a gateway in the subconscious mind. This is the way in which activisms are born, 
and empowered through generations. This is the great work to a left-hand path practitioner. It is theurgy, or reaching the divine and empowering the gods to act according to your will. Those clinging to the Judeo-Christian ideals will find this formula repulsive, and you should. As it challenges the sheep-like mentality, or the sheeple, as I like to say, so infecting the activisms of the mind. This social condition done over a thousand years has brought humanity to the sickness of spirit we see in our often lack of culture. There is no true identity with the possibility of divine self-nature. Thus, the low and unintelligent are celebrated nearly as God. This may all change with a few individuals who think as, who think as God, slowly causing change and accomplish through small and reinforced steps, specifically at a microscopic level, which then empowers the goal further. The last two paragraphs. The Luciferian understands that he must be mentally disciplined and strong enough to act as a God continually to create this pattern of self-creation. This is the Kepri God, or Kepri, as we said earlier, in union with the Stephanic principle of self-empowerment. This has little to do with the ego. Rather, it is based in the psyche and will of the black adept. And then the last paragraph. Seth as a God holding power over the dead. Death holds the power of the soul after death, equally so, was also called a friend of the dead as well as the ravisher of souls. The myths of, the ancient, of ancient Egypt and from the Luciferian traditions of Charles Pace indicate that Anubis was the bastard son of Seth and Atet. Once Seth had killed Osiris with his Uesapi, it was said that Nuet, who's the god of war, right? Go, go, go look that up. She deals with a whole other energy. Tried to cover Osiris to protect him from Seth, doing more violence to the corpse and spirit of his slain brother. In the afterlife, Seth is considered to be one who strengthens while Horus purifies. All right? So we're going to stop it there. And I think if you, if you look, man, if you don't think there's a connection to the left-hand path and its origins and roots aren't in ancient Egypt after tonight's show, then you're completely confused. So now we hope the whole that's it. We hope the purpose now, that question has been answered to everybody that's been sending emails, to everybody that wants to know the connection of the spiritual practice to ancient Egypt and Africa. I mean, we can go on. We just scratched the surface. I mean, we can go into a multitude of systems. But I think the answer is quite, that's right, I think it's quite clear, people, that there is definitely, the answer to that question is 100% solidified, yes. It has its roots and origins in ancient Egypt. So if you are a melanated person and you've been hiding for years and you oh, you always come out. <laughs> ain't no need ain't no need to fucking hide no more. Ain't no need to hide no more. Work that black. Yeah, that, the, yeah the left hand path is some black shit, nigga. Yeah. Straight up. Straight up. All right. So let's go to the phones. Uh Again, we're going to try to keep this within time reason. We're trying to stay in a more reasonable time, really, because we got shit to do. I'm not, I'm not even going to lie and sugarcoat it. So we try to keep this between two and three hours max, and we're, we're approaching over the two-hour mark. So we're going to go ahead and go to the phone, take some calls. Uh, again, if you are in the chat room and you would like to participate and get on the phone and ask a question and talk to us, uh, you can still stay in the chat room, but you can call 724-444. Seven four four four. The call ID they'll ask for you would you would go ahead and put in one three four seven seven eight. Again, the call ID is one three four seven seven eight, and the pin would be the number one pound number one. So again, if you want to call and you're just in the chat room, you can dial seven two four 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 
7444. It's going to ask for a call ID. You're going to type in 134778-POUND, and then it's going to ask you for a PIN. You just hit the number 1 and POUND. Uh, if you're just in the chat room and you don't want to get on the call, you can just type in your questions. If you have any questions, comments, you can go ahead and type those in, and we will go ahead and address some of those questions and comments. If you are on the call queue, and as we're getting ready to go, please, again, make sure your phones are unmuted. Because, uh, like I say, every week we go to the damn phones and somebody got their phone muted. They can hear us, but we can't hear them. Uh, so unmute your phone. We do encourage you, if you have not registered with TalkShoe.com, to go ahead and do that and get a screen name. It's free. There is no charge. It makes it easier for us to address you when we get to the call portion of the show. Because sometimes, again, we always have people on from multiple states, so we'll just say Florida or New York or whatever. And you're going to have to just speak. If that's you in the queue, you will be able to be heard. If it's not, just keep listening for your state to be called, and eventually that will be you. Uh, so that's kind of the rules of engagement. Uh, I think that's pretty crystal clear. So let's go ahead and go to the phone, and let's see who the first one in the queue. Okay, good brother. Waveman Ant, what's up, brother? You on the call. You got any questions, comments? What's up? What's up, brother? What's going on? Good, good, brother. What's going on? Shit, just listening to the show. I'm out here. I'm here at work and uh, just checking out what y'all had to say. Um, mm. You know, uh, I was just. I've been lately. I've been up on the uh, astrology tip. You know what I'm saying? So uh-huh. a lot of stuff. It, it seems to correlate with what I'm learning in astrology. Just you know the way you. I know. You, I know some of y'all brothers ain't really with that, but you know, just looking at my own personal. Uh, path and um, the natal chart and everything, a lot of that energy it mm-hmm. seems to correlate well with like, you know, speaking on the spirits and stuff like that. Just uh, how you uh-huh. built up as far as what you correlate with uh, the different houses and planets and stuff. But that's that's really right. interesting to me. So, mm-hmm. No, I mean, we, we do deal with certain levels of astrology, but always know this. When you're, when you're working your own path, if that's a, a certain system or a certain level of information that you're gravitating to towards for the moment or for however long, then that's okay. Because as long as you're getting something out of it, number one, and number two, you're, you're creating, a, you know, a certain path in the sense that you're growing, that's okay. So it's not a matter of, you know, I, I'm, just, I'm just speaking in general, not just to, just to your comment. It's not a matter of you could be dealing with something that somebody else is not. That's, that's irrelevant. As long as, again... Right. You're getting results, and I always tell people, people always say, well, you know, should I be doing, should I not, or should I not, or should I be doing this or that? And my answer to them is simply one, I only, there's one answer to that question and one answer only, is it producing results? And if you're getting results, then continue to work it until you feel like, one, you don't need it no more, two, you've outgrown it, or three, you've just evolved on to something else. That's how you right. work your own spiritual path. So I just wanted to throw that in there. Right, right. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Y'all, you mentioned that earlier about, you know, that that's how I've always been. I just study what what's useful to me, get what I can out of it, and, and then I, I think it's, it's beneficial to keep it moving, you know, if it's, you know, so that, you know, that y'all stress that a lot. You know, it's not about staying stagnant. You're not going right. to go anywhere that way. You got to keep on, you know, pushing yourself to the limit. And, and that's okay. what I like so much about this this uh this path you know the left hand path or whatever you want to call it um mm-hmm. because you are constantly looking at yourself like you said earlier you know just looking at your own bads and having to deal with that you know so that's right that's right that's that's, that's one of the hardest things for people to do you know to look that's at correct. yourself and 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 admit yeah i'm fucked up about this and that you know because people got, <laughs> got right, a lot right. of 
chip on their shoulder a lot of times. So especially in this day and age. Big time, big time. Most definitely, brother. Yep. All right. So all right. We definitely appreciate you calling in, brother. Appreciate you always listening. Uh we know you're on here for the most part on a weekly basis. Uh but most definitely appreciate the call, brother. Yes, sir. It's good talking to y'all. Y'all have a good night now. Yep. All right, peace. Um, now I did, brothers. I lost the chat earlier when I got disconnected, and my chat shit's been fucking up. So I don't have anything in the chat right now. So again, I'm gonna. If somebody had typed something in earlier, I've been having disconnection problems. I got disconnected and twice got disconnected out of the chat, which y'all couldn't see. So I don't got shit in my chat right now. I just see who's connected. So again, if there was a comment or a question that might have been typed in earlier, you're gonna have to go ahead and re retype that. Uh, because there's actually nothing there right now as I look at it. So I'm going to continue through some of the phone calls uh, until somebody on the uh, chat log types up. Man, I've been having problems with that all night. Um, so I'm just letting people know if you are in the chat, uh, anything that was typed in earlier, I do not have any record of it. It's all wiped out. So you're going to have to go ahead and retype any questions or comments you might have had earlier if you did have any, okay? All right, so let's go back to the phone. we got a caller on the phone from Southwest Florida. It says, you're on the call. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? Southwest Florida. Your phone's unmuted. you got to unmute it. All right, guess nobody's there or their phone's muted. All right, let's go to the next call. we got somebody on the phone from West unmuted. North Carolina. Carolina. Anybody there from West Anybody North from Carolina? North Carolina. Hello. Hello. Somebody, somebody there. I hear echo. Anybody hear there echo. from anybody West North Carolina? North Carolina. I'm getting feedback. I'm getting feedback. All right, I'm gonna mute that. I think somebody had their computer on or something because I heard my my feed feedback. Here, the other thing is, if you're on the phone, right next to your computer, you're gonna hear what you just heard there. I don't know if you guys heard it, but I heard it. I heard myself double. Uh, so. Again, if you're by the phone, it could be causing interference. You may not be hearing us. Don't have, don't be right next to the computer on your phone because you're going to get the double feedback. You're hearing me you can, on the computer. You can, you can leave that porn alone for a couple of minutes to actually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can turn off that midget porn for at least ten minutes. Goddamn! <laughs> tell you, brother. All right, let's go to next caller. We got in the queue is Texas. You're on the call. Anybody there from Texas? Greetings, brothers. How are you all doing? Greetings, sister. How are you? We're doing great. How are you? I'm fine, thank you. I great, to good, ask... good. Oh, thank you. Um, I wanted to ask a question about the left hand pass. That's uh, when I got on the call. That's what you were talking about. Uh-huh. And um, so the way that I have perceived it, and I just wanted to talk about it a minute for a minute. Um, when I was doing a little bit of research on sigils. Um, uh-huh. How I was perceiving the left-hand path was that, yes, we want to go down that path because it connects to our right brain. Like when you write uh-huh. a sigil, they recommend that you use or try to write it out in the left on, with your left hand because right. it fosters creativity. Am I on the uh-huh. right path when I'm talking about that versus the right-hand path? Would that be... Well, I mean, I mean, what you what you just described would be one of the many symbolic things one can do uh, in relation to a left hand path practice. Uh, so yes, I mean, what you just described would be a symbolism of one of the many aspects of it. Um, 
but like you say, working with sigils, symbols, you'll find in a lot of rituals, and, and the brothers might be able to share. I mean, even heard, I don't know if you were on the line earlier when Ravana Noon was talking about a ritual that he had uh, did earlier this evening. Um, but there's always, okay, you're going to find in a lot of rituals, as you mentioned, there's always that black flame, which is always symbolically represented by the lighting of a black candle. And one is just supposed to symbolically focus on that being that black flame is representate or is a representation of that opening gate of your higher consciousness. So when they say one opens the black flame on the left-hand path, one is opening that doorway, and it could be done through sigils too, because one can draw sigils over their altar while they're opening the black flame. It could be any sigil or symbol that is powerful to them. It doesn't just have to be a pentagram. Let's, let's stop acting. I'm not saying you know, I'm speaking in general now. Let's stop acting as if people think like pentagram is the only, you know, black magical symbol that one can work with. It could be, you know what I mean? It could be the runa symbol. It could be, I've done it with the sa symbol of ancient Egypt. I've done it with the ankh. I've done it with the ka symbol. Brother, um, if, you, if you don't have a bathroom, brother, you're not a real left hand. Yeah, okay. I mean, another aspect <laughs> could be take, taking your chalice and, and, and also drawing sigils over your chalice before you ingest and you know, ingest the energy of the deities. Um, there's always drawing the circle over the child counterclockwise, which is always going into reverse of the norm. So, I mean, the list goes on and on. But, again, long story short, that would be, you know, uh, a definition of one of many concepts. So I don't know if the brothers want to add something to that, but feel free. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, when you look at the left-hand path, there's no exact definition of what the left-hand path is, but there are principles of what the left-hand path represents as far as, you know, indulgence, you know, um, the path of self-deification, you know, um, pretty much as a left-hand path that you internalize everything in your reality, you know, mm -hmm. um, <clears throat> There's like there's no specifics to it, but there are principles that the left hand path sits on. You know, um, you know, yeah, you, you know, writing with your, you know, with your left hand, and that's dealing with your right brain. I mean, <clears throat> yes, that could be symbolic of the left hand path to you, but the left hand path, you know, you have to look at its principles of what the left-hand path stands for, you know. A person that is not self-deifying is not a left-hand pathist. You know, a person that's not constantly progressing to master who they are is not a left-hand pathist. <clears throat> you know, a person that worships, that worships or sends, <clears throat> you know, in their mind is sending energy into the universe, that's not a left-hand pathist. That's a right-hand pathist. That's a more of a religious-minded person. But that's just, you know, when you look at the left-hand path, from what I'm sharing, look at the principalities of it. And you can get, you can grasp your own understanding from that. You know, also through practice of whatever you are doing to deify yourself. You know, as you practice and grow, your theories and philosophies start to grow. You know, you come up with your own understanding or perspective of what the left-hand path is. But understand, there's no exact definition, there, but there are principalities to this shit. That's all I wanted to say. 
All right, no, good point, you. brother. No, thank you. Hey, I really appreciate that, brother. No problem. Uh, Ravana Noon, anything you want to add to that, brother? Yep. You good? I'm good. Okay. <laughs> uh, sis, any other questions, comments? Um, no, just the comment that, yes, I, I as I'm learning the, the, the principalities, just like you said, Brother Sadiqi, mm-hmm. not, yeah, I'm just, it's all on the surface, but, but because I've done things, as I've mentioned before, you know, more like in the raw, not knowing the principalities or the techniques behind them, I found myself facing some things that, um, I guess because I'm, a, I'm, I'm, I'm increasing in my spirituality. I'm spending, I can tell that I am gaining more power based on just my brother said he said, you know, by deifying myself, I've become a little bit more powerful. And some things have been occurring that I'm not totally, I've not been totally in control of, so I'm having to gain more self-mastery to be more in control. That's all I can say. I don't even know how to put it in words. No, 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 no. You're making complete sense. And like I say, you're not, you haven't become a little more powerful. The very fact that you can't really completely define it and put words on it shows the magnitude of the power of it. Because when, it, when it, you can't just define it in one specific term, shows that it's still flourishing, it's still growing. That's a good thing. You know, when somebody just makes a statement, oh, well, you know, I'm, I'm a Muslim, I'm a devout Muslim, that shows that they're dead. You understand they're dead mentally in the sense that they've already, you know, have submitted and conformed to specific ideology and they've made their mind up not to go outside that. But when somebody speaks, as you just did, where they're trying to put it into words and they're coming from this area and that area and they're grasping a multitude of different areas, that's just confirmation that you're creating your own path. And in that chaos, in a good sense, the chaos in the sense that you're all over the place, you know, and you're putting it together. That, I mean, that's a great thing. So, I mean, it makes complete sense. Thank you. I'm, I'm having, believe, believe me, I'm, I'm having fun with it, um, you know, because that's, that's part, that's what we're all supposed to do. I, I firmly believe it, but on my path, that's what I need to do for me. So, you know, I can't really worry about everybody else and what they do. So I have to get myself out of that mood um, because I, I've always been selfless and thinking about other people first instead of myself. So that's, what I've been working on for me, and I'm just so happy. Uh, Correct. Yeah. Correct. No problem. Good point. Any other questions, comments? That's it. All right. We appreciate you, as usual, listening and calling in. We appreciate it. My pleasure. All right. All right. We got a good question from uh, online. Uh, I'm going to read the question for those on the phone that are not in the chat room. Um, Black Star One types in, in the seven faces of darkness, uh, author Don Webb has a lot of Greco astro- astrological usage. How could this be used in general magical workings? Example, IA, IA, etc. Well, I would just simply say this. Um, again, always know this, whether it's Don Webb or any book or, or author on any subject you read, again, gravitate towards, you know, what works for you. Now, I don't really get into a lot of the Greco astrological use or a lot of the Greek hermetic principles because that just does not work for me. Um, but I can take a lot of that stuff. Let me give you an example. Um, one way I'll work with, uh, let's say, the, the symbolicism of Baphomet. And one thing I'll do is as far as astrological, when dealing with the astrological uses for magical purposes, and again, one has to be able to gravitate towards it and be able to work with the energy. And, get, and again, the key is get results. So what I would do is when the positioning of the planet is in the sign of Capricorn, and one of the symbols of Capricorn is the goat, and we know one of the symbols of Baphomet is the goat, 
that's a good, that's a great time to propitiate any magical workings for prosperity. So one can focus in their meditations, their rituals, and visuals on prosperity. So say you were applying something to astrological usage, whether it's Don Williams' book or anybody else's book, you can take the principle of it and try to adjust it to your own personal needs. Now, you may not have to use, the, say, the Greco or the, or the Greek Hermetic names. You can actually take it back to some of the ancient Egyptian names that some of the deities, per se, were used in pre-dynastic times, if you resonate with that more. So long story short, I would just say there's many a multitude of ways symbolically you can work with it, but I would always tell any individual, adjust it to your need. Never take it strict, because remember, whether it's Don Webb, remember Don Webb wrote that book, you know, in his experience, and remember those rituals, whether you're doing, uh, you know, the spells for obtaining luck from set, spells, uh, sexual spells, uh, the spells he's got in there for breaking up a relationship, spells he's got in there, uh, you know, for obtaining finances, et cetera. Remember, these were spells that he created that worked for him. And he tells you in the book, in various portions of the book, you know, not to do it per se this way. Always feel free to add and take from it how you need to adjust it. Remember, this is what he did in that particular book or any other author, for that matter, that writes a book on magic that did that it worked for he or him or her. So you should always adjust it to your needs regardless of what philosophy, system, or level of information it's coming from. But uh, we're all at the point where if we just don't vibe with it, we just don't fuck with it. And that's just that's the best way. Um, so you got to look at the symbolisms of it. Can you get usage out of it? Um, and I'll tend to look at anything that I resonate with and adjust it to my needs. I don't know if you brothers want to add something to that. Nope. Nope, good. Anything, uh, Brother Sargidi? Nigga still there? Sargidi, still there? Nigga's in this Batman outfit. Shit. All right, looks like we got, we'll take one more call, and I think uh, we're going to wrap this thing. One more call here. All right. And Blackstar one. I hope that answered your question. Okay, you just got the book today. Uh, no problem. So, again, what I, I would recommend, if you just got the book today, go into uh, the second section gives you history of the papyri, uh, some of the Egyptian tablets, language and use of magic, different, different things of that nature. And I believe section six gets into a lot of the Greek stuff, of the Greek hermeticism, somewhere around page 50-something on up. But, yeah, well, read through the whole book, and I think once you, once you read through the whole thing, you'll kind of get a big overall picture of what it's saying. Because he connects the, ancient, the pre-dynastic Egyptian philosophy with the modern-day Greek, Greco, uh, Egyptian philosophy. And then I think it'll give you some clarity. All right, so let's go back to the phone. We'll take one more call here. It looks like we got uh, somebody on the call from Florida. Anybody there from Florida? It just says Florida. Anybody there? Anybody there from Florida? Why does Florida never speak? I don't know, man. Florida Florida got some fucked up phone lines, wherever people call from. All right, nobody there from Florida. All right, I'm going to try to go through the other two. You're going to try to keep this within reason, man. We can't stay on We can't stay on too late tonight. I'm having problems with these phones, too, man. People clicking in and out. All right, let's try this one here, see if I can get this one again. Southwest Florida. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? All right, we lost the Stargate. He just got disconnected. Anybody there from Southwest Florida? All right, last call. I'm going to try Court Carolina one more time. That's going to be a wrap. 
Yeah, I just dropped him. He got lost off the queue. I don't know if he got disconnected or I lost him. Uh, West North Carolina. Anybody there from West North Carolina? Hello? Anybody there? West North Carolina. I hear the echo of me again. Something wrong with that phone. I can hear my double. Every time I go to that caller, I hear me twice like an echo. I don't know if they're near their computer or or something. But anyway, I think that's going to – oh, sorry, Giddy's back. He's done playing Batman in the, in the supermarket over there. Right, let me get him back in. somebody at Walmart. All right, brothers, I think we covered a lot of information. We got you back, brother. You got dropped. I don't know if you got disconnected or it happened here. Not sure. And then yeah. It's, it's, yeah, you hear me? Yeah, I, I can hear on, you now. I was – yeah, I was on the line. I, I don't. I guess you guys just didn't hear me. Nah, but something's wrong because I'm going to. I'm getting like double echo on some of the people I'm trying to cue in. Phones are dropping, and some people are like, when I hit them, they drop and then they come back in. So I don't know what the fuck's going on. So I don't know. And I tell you, and I tell you, every every time we we do something, the Illuminati always checking them. That's what it is, brother. That's what it is, man. <laughs> That's what it is. I know, yeah. I know. You, you also have to change out of your Batman outfit, so that took a few minutes. So. <laughs> <laughs> we try to delay as long as possible, brother. I'm not saving Nigga. anybody no more tonight, brother. No more people I'm saving. That's that nigga was looking for Susie Q's and Shoprite and shit. And that's where that nigga was at. <laughs> anyway, brothers, uh, as I said, I think we covered a man uh, a lot of good information. If you came into this show late. I definitely recommend you go back and listen to the very beginning of the show up until the point you missed uh, because we covered a lot of information, man. And uh, I think we went through a lot, a lot of good stuff that's very practical. When I say the word practical, it has root in the word practice. So when we say we give you a lot of practical information, I mean simply information you can put into practice. That's what I'm saying when we say that. So I think there's a lot of practical information you can go find in in this particular show. Go back and listen to the whole thing if you haven't been on since the very beginning. Um, we we went deep into the essence and origins of the left-hand path in ancient Egypt. We covered some different spiritual systems, Luciferian magic, vampire magic, and Sethian or Set magic or Setian magic. Um, that's just one of the many. Huh? I just want to say that is something we always stress is the practical, which leads to experience. I mean, if you're not getting the experience, you really don't understand this shit. Yeah, exactly. So, again, yeah. I mean, it, we, we, these are just some of the many different systems uh, that's covered in the left-hand path. All right, having said that, brothers, you all want to go ahead and uh, give your closing statement and your contact information. We'll wrap it up. <clears throat> sure. It's Brother Ravana Noon. Uh, what you can reach me at, is Ravananun, R-A-V-A-N-A-N-U-N, at Outlook.com. Uh, also, Dark Occultist 99 on YouTube. I just put up three videos this week. Uh, see, there's some people that have been viewing quite a few views. If you haven't checked it out yet, check it out. I just put them up there this week. So, check them out while they hot. And uh, that's it. Peace. Oh, real quick, also, we want to announce uh, in November, just want to throw this out there, it's, it's the third week in November, two-day event we're doing, um, it's going to be the Friday and Saturday, the weekend before Thanksgiving, I believe that's the 18th and the 19th, whatever that third 
weekend of November is. Friday night will be the ritual that we're going to be doing, summiting a lot of these uh, dark spirits. There will be some drumming and some, some other things going on at that ritual. Um, again, you have to be on the list and invited for that. We need to talk to you briefly if you are going to attend that, just so you kind of know what you're going to be attending. Uh, it's not a, a uh, observer ritual. You have to be a participant, okay? I want to see you. I want to see you do magic, brother. I want to no, see you do magic. Is, I gotta read this comment. This is the type in in a second. It's some funny ass shit. But anyway, uh, yeah, it's no. We're gonna be working some magic, but it's not. You ain't gonna see us do it. You're gonna be. You're gonna be a participant in. It. But anyway, that's gonna be that Friday night. Uh, if you would like to attend that event, uh, the email I give at the end from the radio show here, I'll give you that information. The following day will be a class. Uh, Brother Ravana Noon and myself will be teaching on the left-hand path the following day. Uh, there's no charge for these events. Uh, we don't charge. Uh, we do ask you just support any vendors or anything, any functions that's going on there. Just just contribute something, uh, just you know, out of common courtesy. So we don't charge to get into neither event. Uh, but again, the ritual event on Friday night. Again, if you're going to attend, you need you need to send us an email where we can contact you and, and maybe even speak to you briefly, kind of go over some of the basics of what's going to happen there. Uh, and you do need to be dressed a certain way to to attend that event. can't let just me, come in fucking jeans and flip-flops. Let me also add this on. Uh, <laughs> you definitely want to come to the show because Brother Beniti is is going to be wearing his Sith outfit from Star Wars. <laughs> <laughs> and, um, I'm going to compliment his outfit with my Darth Vader outfit, and we're going to actually do the, sh the the class dressed like that. So you definitely want to be there. Not only that, but I want to give a shout out before I get off here. I want to give a shout out to Vashti and her braided coochie hair. That's what I was just going to read. That's what I'm talking about. That's, 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 that's what's fucking up. Shape of an ankh, and um. The Ankh shape is definitely messing with the Wi-Fi, so I can understand the vibrations and frequencies emanating from the back. <laughs> definitely, definitely. Shout out to Vashti for the coochie hair uh, info, and um, much love to the coochie hair. All right. There you go. The power of the coochie, brother. All right, I'm out of here, y'all. All right, peace, brother. All right, real quick, Sargidi, go ahead, man, real quick, so we can wrap this up, brother. Brother Sargidi. You you can find me on Facebook at Sargidi A U S A R G A T D E. You can also <clears throat> contact me at Sargidi at Yahoo dot com, and you can contact our page Awakening Universal Minds. If you have any concerns, comments, or show topic ideas, you can contact us through that page. And you know, don't contact us. Or some, you know, spooky, you know, trying to prove how spiritual you are, shit, because it, it, it doesn't impress us. It just makes us laugh, you know. So with that being said, peace. All right. Appreciate it, brother. Again, Brother Beniti, you can contact me. Uh, the email address is khnum19 at gmail.com. That's khnum19 at gmail.com. You can also the email if you're interested in attending the event. Third week in November, it's a two-day event. Uh, Friday night will be the actual uh, Black Magic ritual. 
Uh, we also have an individual getting uh, what we call an ogun pot that night, so you'll be able to witness that ceremony if you come. Uh, well, you'll you'll participate in part of that ceremony. Again, it's not an observer event; it's actual event you participate in. Uh, and the following day will be the class uh, again. So you can email khnum19 at gmail.com, khnum19 at gmail.com. You can also go on to my um, YouTube page, Mother Nubia Inc. And there's probably over 100 videos on there right now. I usually try to put up one a week. Um, there's a bunch of videos up there. And I also link the show on the Google Plus page, Mother Nubia and Google Plus. Um, links us right here to the show here, which all the shows are archived. Again, you can go on to Facebook, too, Awakening Universal Minds. Any questions, comments that you or show, suggestions, feel free. And uh, we'll definitely... Uh, try to uh, our best to accommodate any show suggestions or ideas within reason. Uh, that's pretty much it. Um, again, I just want to be clear, very important because I've already gotten a bunch of emails about the ritual. Can I Can I just come? No, you can't just come to attend because the reason why I say that is it kills the flow of the event. You can't have no stagnated energy there. You can't have no curious Georges and curious you know, curiosity <laughs> kills the cat. You understand what I'm saying? So, no, this is not for that. This is not a social event. It's not a public event. It's, it's, it's a spiritual ritual. And that's why I say contact, send the email, so we can briefly discuss with you what's actually going to kind of take place and so you can make the decision if it's for you. And if, if, if you feel like it's not for you, just be honest and say, I don't think I'm, that's for me or I'm not ready to do that or whatever. Um, I can't sit there and watch. No, hell no. No, you can't sit there and watch. <laughs> you can watch TV at home. You can pull up some shit on YouTube and watch it at home, whatever the fuck you got to do to kill time. But no, absolutely not. It's not an event to come and observe. That's not what this is for. This is an event to spiritually grow. This is, this is an event, you know, to tap into some higher spiritual power, literally, not figuratively. So that's the whole purpose of it. Again, we'll, we, will, we will build with you on that, uh, you know, via contact. And and we might talk to you for a few, and we might feel we're not getting the right, might not be the right time for you, that's all. Um, and that's okay. Uh, but if you feel 100% certain that that's for you and you're ready for it, feel free. Come on down. And it's going to be in Miami Gardens, which is North Miami, uh, and, again, that third week in November. Uh, last class, uh, we, you know, we had a real good turnout. People are now starting to travel. Uh, from other parts, not just locally now. We're getting some people from further up in the state of Florida, some people from out of state. Uh, so most definitely. And, again, we've always put this out there. If anybody is interested in us coming to do a class in their area, just contact us, uh, and we'll see what we can arrange. If you have a venue or, or a place that you want to set up to get us to physically come there, uh, do a lecture slash, you know, question and answer class, by all means, you know, set that up in your local city, your town, wherever you're located, and, and contact us, and we'll see what we can work out. Um, other than that, next week we will continue uh, our discussion. We're going to go a little bit deeper. Uh, and second part of this uh, concept, again, if you came in late, go back and listen to the recording. All the shows are archived. You can listen to any of the shows. Actually, this is like episode 95, I think we're up to, 95 or 96. We're getting close to that 100-episode mark. Um, other than that, that's all I got for you this evening. Appreciate everybody tuning in, and we will see you next Thursday night, 9 p.m. Eastern Standard Time. Peace.
With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.